festive. <laughs> High tech quality. Welcome to, to the Comic Vine podcast for the week ending December 23rd, 2011. This is our final Comic Vine podcast of the year. Maybe. Yes. No, actually, maybe not. Maybe. We'll see. So I am Tony Guerrero, and with me is Norman Chan. Hello. Corey is here. What is up? Barely. Just barely. Just Out barely. of breath. About to start. Half here. And <laughs> special guest this week, Mr. Gary Witta. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you for coming. I can tell you that uh, Giant Bomb appeared to have left all their Game of the Year notes in here. Uh-oh. <laughs> I will not be revealing any, any of the information contained oh, man. Imagine therein. if a fan came in here, like, or, you know, if cleaning lady threw that in the recycling and, and then someone's digging through our trash. Or what if you just like scandal? Just, just take I could a blow the whole deal just, right just, now. Just yeah, do it. It's like the knock list. Or what yeah, if some exactly. jerk freelancer just started posting them on his blog? Well, <laughs> he probably wouldn't be freelancing. <laughs> oh. All right, so we are going to talk about some comics, some news, some stuff. We'll start off with. Well, leave it to the second to last week of the year to have the greatest <laughs> comics release. Yeah. They're ending the year with Ever. A, this like. People don't forget, like what, yeah. what the, there's actual comics in this year. So like, we have. Well, I was also explaining. I mean, Gary, you know, like comics mostly come out every every month, right? Like issues. It's you know how like movies they do. I gotta put it in terms that you understand. Like when, <laughs> when sequels come out, it's like every every like three years, it's like this is the massive summer. Like next summer is gonna be amazing because everything. Why are you talking to me like I'm someone who doesn't know anything about comics? I don't know how, how much you know about comics. He's written comics. Well, that's, I guess I, that's I, true. This you is can, a, you can you can you can go out you can. Scale it up a little bit. I'm, I'm good. I'll keep up with you. Don't worry. Everything fell in line this week. Uh, Justice League came out. Mm-hmm. The new Batman came out. Mm-hmm. Um, Daredevil, Wonder Woman, Catwoman. The new new Batman. Yep. Ultimate mm-hmm. Spider-Man, which is big. Uh, a big like, the comics were delayed X-Force. to come out this week. X-Force, which came out last week, also came out mm-hmm. this week. I will, I will say this. This is something I'll admit that I am kind of behind on. Like, I don't typically read the, the big mainstream superhero comics month in, month out. I am aware of the whole big you know, DC franchise-wide reboot, New 52 and all that. There was a big controversy when that first happened. Mm-hmm. Now that it's settled down and the comics are kind of into their runs, are people kind of okay with it now? Are they happy with the comics I, I think so. generally? Yeah. I mean, so some of the books like Batman and Green Lantern are untouched. Like pretty much everything stays the same. Others have gone through some kind of pretty – Big changes. And yeah, this whole thing with Superman in in construction boots and a t shirt is. <laughs> I'm still not right with that. It's young, younger, younger Superman. I mean, he's yeah. got the two titles, and his regular title, he's got a costume. So. I think that's the one people are most happy with, actually. Oh, well, it's just because the writing. Well, yeah. the writing is really good, but it's also the, the one where they actually took some risks and changed their most iconic character, as opposed to just retelling, you know, his origin, his Krypton origin. You know, now, For the now sixth it's, time. And when when they when they make these these big changes, how much do you think it is coming from like a real creative place? And how much is it? Are they just looking for like mainstream media coverage of like, oh my god, look what they killed this person, or they did that? Like they made some big shocking thing. Well, there's there's a mix of it. I mean, you're you're seeing more of it. You know, it, it the day before a big death happens, it'll be like in USA Today or you know, yeah. Or, or there's been stuff like CNN has covered yeah. some stuff. It's amazing. It. Like they for some reason like CNN thinks people care. Like oh, Johnny Storm <laughs> is dead. One of the Fantastic Four. He's dead. That's getting you know front page mm-hmm. CNN coverage. That, but that seems to carry more weight with you know USA Today like journalists and does with comics fans who are completely aware of the, of the fact that deaths don't stick in comics, oh, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, I think it all started with the. Uh, I mean, obviously the Batman, Superman dying, and Batman's back being broken at the same time back in the late nineties. Yeah, right. That was all over news. Everyone knew about that. 
And then more recently, Captain America dying was the really, really big. And then Batman. That made it into time. Yeah. Like, Captain America huge. dying, then Batman yeah. died, then Spider-Man died, then Johnny Storm died. <laughs> yeah, at some point, though, someone at Time of USA Today has got to get one of these press releases and go, wait, didn't you kill him like five years ago? <laughs> I, I, pretty, I wrote about that then. Like, yeah. you think they're going to wake up at some point. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about now. But so the cycle is that at the end of the year, is that when all the big storylines no, no, come no, to no, fruition no. or what? It's just, that just, it just happened. That it just seemed to be a weird coincidence. Some okay. issues were delayed, and this week they all came They're out. proceeding. Comics don't take vacations. So they, they just they keep pumping them out, and, and thankfully... Because last, last year there was actually a fifth week in December. So there was no... There's only, the only comic that came out besides some indies where it was Blackest Night number seven or something. I think it was, I don't know if it was the last, but like I say, Marvel didn't ship anything and DC only shipped that one book. But this, this year there is no final, there's no fifth week. So next week, fifth Wednesday, you mean? Yeah. Right. Fifth, fifth Wednesday of the month. So next week is regular week, regular comics, you know, whatever falls in like Aquaman's coming out. And it seems like a missed opportunity to do something special because they know people are going to be home. They're not going to be at work. There are opportunities to go to the comic store. It's like they should move like free comic book day or have some type of, Holiday. Uh, I think too many people promotion. are on vacation to, to to do something like that. They might not be close to their local comic shop or know where one is. There's plenty of last minute shopping going on though. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like going to comic book. Sh- I like browsing comic book stores, but I always feel bad when I when I decide to buy something. I always feel like I'm being silently judged by the guy. <laughs> he's like, re- he's like, really? You're getting this? Judged by Corey? He's a <laughs> it is kind of like going to a, like to put it in terms you will understand, Norm. It's like uh, going to Amiibo Records, you know, yeah. the big kind of hipster music store. And again, I, I bought like a I bought like a Ruben Studded album there one time as a gag <laughs> gift. And the guy with like you know who looked oh. like you know the, the guy behind the counter who looked like Lisbeth Salander or something was looking at me like seriously <laughs> you, you want me to, you want me to ring you up on this? And I'm like yeah, it's not for me. I, I go to the, the Rasputin Amoeba. I don't work there just to judge people like you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a great job if you want to judge people. That you know that Simpsons comic book guy. He really does exist in a mm-hmm. lot of these places. Yeah. You'll but, never find the Simpsons comic book guy in Two Cats Comic Book Store, three twenty West Portland. <laughs> there's one. Uh, there's one in uh, close where close where I live where they have that. You, know, you, you just see that they part of the reason why they own the oh, store. Oh, the one in Irving. I'm not going to name any names. Oh, okay, <laughs> but they Corn. they know who they are. <laughs> I know who they are. It's okay as long as you don't badmouth Corey's store. Yes. <laughs> All right, so we'll start with Batman number four. Scott Snyder, Court of Owls, digging into the past, revelations revealed. We see Bruce Wayne's first detective case. <laughs> What, what I like about this, so the, the way the last issue ended, he, he discovers in Wayne buildings there's a, a secret 13th floor that, that's existed there for like 100 years. Or like in the Wayne corporate offices? Yeah. Okay. Every, every, every uh, building that the Wayne family's built in Gotham City has had a, a, a secret 13th. Because you know how buildings don't have a 13th yeah, floor. Yeah, you usually just get to, right. from 12 to 14. Yeah. But there, it turns out there actually is a, oh. a floor. And so this, this, this secret organization has – has base, has these bases all over Gotham, which, as I mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago, was a legitimately terrifying reveal. Like I actually got chills when it was just like these people are living in our houses, they're in our buildings, and they've always been there. Which is it's kind of bold because when you're creating a, a new villainous organization, it's kind of like oh yes, you're going to create this big long history for them, but you know why hasn't Batman encountered them before? It makes no sense. It seems so forced. But the way this is written, it actually feels like there's a, there's a good reason it's been so hidden. How do those how do those people that work on the thirteenth floor get like on and off the elevator without anyone noticing? No, usually skips up. It's, it's almost like in a beat on John Malkovich, right? Where it just skips twelve to fourteen. 
Right, respect, but, but then how, but how do you get on or off the 13th floor for the people that do actually work there? Secret passages. Secret secret passages. Oh, okay, secret, yeah. okay. So you have to go or to the, owls. the 12th or the 14th <laughs> yeah. floor. So just, you're saying like Bruce Wayne's first detective case, just so I understand what what they're doing here with the new 52. So is this is this like young Bruce Wayne? Like no, he's still well, this green? Is, this or? is regular. So the, the story is there's this there is this nursery rhyme in Gotham about the court of owls and this this, this guy, the talon's going to, it's kind of like the boogeyman's going to get you and everything like that. And he actually... He mentions that he looked into it early on in his career, and he's, he's like, "They don't exist." He's like, "I know they don't exist. I looked into it. There's nothing there. It doesn't exist." Yet there's this killer that has targeted Bruce Wayne, and then we saw a flashback where with um, Bruce Wayne's great great grandfather, who was like in his old age, he was like, "They're they're coming to get me. There's owls everywhere." And then he disappears. He dies, and and you know the, the suspicion is that he was killed by by this court. So. The Court of Owls is supposed to exist, but Bruce Wayne is is adamant. He's like, they don't exist. It's meant to be like another League of Shadows kind of thing. Kind of, for, for Gotham. Yeah. But this is not about Bruce Wayne's early days. Batman, the comic right now, unlike action comics, Batman is about like the current Batman. Right. Having all the history of all the Batman comics, or most of it at least. So they didn't really reboot Batman. They no, didn't reboot they Batman. Batman. Pretty much no. didn't even touch him. No. But when Tony says his first case, I think we can spoil it, uh, he, Batman recalls uh, some detective work he did as a kid. Right after his parents were killed, he's he's yeah. like, right. He's like, it, it couldn't have just been a simple mugging. There, there's there's got to be something. And so he, he looked he he look for meaning into his parents' murder. So and, even though they didn't do anything gimmicky to change who Batman is, they 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 basically they're not shackled to anything that's happened in the past, right? Yeah. They can kind of redo they all could, the yeah. all the mythology. But, but for, for the most part, it, it's also there. You know, there is multiple Robins. There is you know different things that happen, and Batman is is one of the few titles that. You can pretty much count on everything that hap- has happened still holds, right? Versus something like Superman, you know, there's there's big changes that have happened. So, um, without going into further details, I mean, it's some crazy stuff. Crazy. This is the end of a storyline. This issue? No, it's it's. I, I I believe Scott Snyder said it's eleven issues. Is this first is carrying on with eleven with, with issue arc? Old. Well, that's wow. how um, Black Mirror was. I okay. think that was Black. Mirror. I mean, so he, this is just this is an ongoing arc. But you know, one of the things he said is like each issue is is supposed to be accessible to new reader. So I don't know if you guys agree with that. With this issue, mm, it's hard to say. I don't think we're not so. new readers. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think d- definitely it, there's a lot of action in it. Uh, I, I thought this issue was not as good as the previous issues. I, I thought it was great. Just. The, the the flat when I first saw that flashback, seeing young Bruce Wayne going into you know just investigating everything, I just thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah no, I thought it, I thought it was neat. And then big cliffhanger ending. Okay, just of course. Set of course. Up. Cliffhanger endings. That's I mean, the, but the, the most important pages in the comic book are the first page and the last page. The the weird thing is, you know, Scott Snyder loves Batman, but it it almost feels like he doesn't like him because he's he's <laughs> trying to prove that Batman isn't the greatest, isn't the, the world's greatest detective that he's actually going to prove him wrong and beat him down which you know whatever doesn't kill him makes him stronger well i mean it is difficult to challenge someone who is the world's greatest detective and martial artist and ninja basically (laughs) then we had from grant morrison um cameron stewart and chris burnham batman incorporated leviathan strikes one shot this is actually collecting what was i think supposed to be like issue nine and ten of batman Inc. that was supposed to come out before the new 52. Yeah. That was my biggest problem with this. And I, I don't think people understood that when I, I wrote the review for it. It's it's a really good story. It, it ties up stuff. Crazy ending. Norm, you didn't read this. No. Corey, I did. The, my, my biggest problem is 
that this clearly takes place between before the New 52. So we still have Dick Grayson dressed as Batman, which we never had official um, transition. Yeah. We never really saw that for whatever reason. Yeah. We didn't see why. We still have um, the biggest thing is, is Stephanie Brown is yeah. still Batgirl here. Wow. And now in the New 52, Barbara Gordon is Batgirl. So it's like we don't know where Stephanie Brown is. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I read that they were going to change Stephanie Brown to spoiler in this, this one shot. And I was like, that that's fine. You know, whatever. We can accept this slight little bump in continuity or whatever like that. But she still got the Batgirl costume. She's still called Batgirl. <laughs> Wasn't the new the whole point of the new 52 meant to be like you can bring in new readers mm-hmm. by flattening yep. out and, and making sense of all the continuity? But it sounds like they're already got all these different <laughs> versions of Batman and different the, the parallel universes. Like I'm already yeah. confused. Well, yes. this, 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 the, the reason this is collected as one shot, this, I believe, I don't know if there's ever been official word, this was delayed. This was supposed to happen before September. Never happened. Uh, so they're trying to tie in the because there's this big thing. Who is this Leviathan? This this, this huge enemy. And Norm, I can't believe you don't know who it is. I can't spoil it. For don't you don't spoil it's it. Crazy. <laughs> so um, I mean, Grant Morrison. Because um, right now, current Batman, Scott Snyder is writing it. He's a really good writer. But Grant Morrison is it's a legendary writer. Everyone knows Grant Morrison. He's the one who killed Batman off a couple years ago, two years ago. Brought him back. It was a big thing. And Return of Batman was supposed to launch. This huge mystery of this Leviathan edit. Hold on, I just want to. I just want to. I'm going to click because I want to. I want to try and take a take a quick temperature of the current ridiculousness of comics. Yes, I'm not saying comics. Sorry, I think they, they sometimes do ridiculous things. Mm-hmm. So you, he killed Batman. Batman died, and then brought him back. And then how, him. how did he do that? Batman was sh- uh, killed by Darkseid in okay. Final Crisis. Killed like dead. Mm. Well, there was a body. But it was actually a clone body, and Batman's body was sent to the past. That's, that's all I needed to know. Thank <laughs> where his you. memory, his memory was gone, and, actually he, and he similar to jumped through America. time, mm-hmm. <laughs> uncovering <laughs> mysteries of his own, his, his own, uh, his his heritage, mm-hmm. and then leapt forward back to modern day. A little quantum leapish. Okay, so so Batman didn't actually die. It was no, a fake no, Batman. No. Yeah, okay. there's, there's, just like Captain America didn't really die, and Johnny Storm. Well, no, Johnny Storm did die a couple yeah. times, but that's <laughs> so. Not Batman came back, and it was, a, it was a huge thing, and Batman Incorporated was a huge story arc. I don't know if you heard. Uh, he, he, uh, when Bruce Wayne came back, he— uh, Press conference. He held this big press conference where he said he had been funding Batman for the entire history of Batman, and he was going to legitimize Batman as a, as a crime-fighting organization and have Batmans all over the world, and it's going to be called Batman Incorporated. It was like franchise Batman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. It was going to be a Batman of Felt China, t-shirts. Batman of Africa, and he was— and. The Batman Incorporated was basically him flying around the world recruiting people to be the Batman of those different places. All right. And, and, and he already really, had, he had yeah. some already yeah. like associates. That, so, okay, and there were already you're, you're multiple now. Batmans because Dick Grayson had become Batman when they thought Bruce Wayne was dead. And when he came back, he was, let's just both be Batman. Yeah. Why mm-hmm. can't we both be Batman? It's and everyone, yeah. did I not call that? And people were like, no, yeah. we can't have multiple Batmans. So bold storyline, amazing. And then DC comes along and says, hey, we're going to reboot all of the DC Universe. And Grant Morrison's kind of a slow writer. I don't want so to say that. <laughs> I'll say it. He's kind of a slow writer. So he was still kind of backed up with old storylines. With all the storylines. So right. this was never completed, and that's why this is all – the see. rest of it is in this one shot. Okay. So the, everything in this book happens before the reboot, mm-hmm. and it was a big event, so you actually kind of have to read it. Yeah. But So, so, so my problem with so, – and then in 2012, Grant Morrison's coming back to pick up Batman Inc. in this new rebooted – Universe, which will be different. Yeah, so we and, and we don't really know. And there's there's been some mention of Batman Inc. in in the current comics and like that. I mean, Batwing so, is part of Batman yeah, Inc. <laughs> yeah, and and they they've actually said it. My my problem with this is 
there's some some big stuff that happens, like the revelation of of who's Leviathan. Something kind of happens to someone else. But we're four four months into the New Fifty Two, and there's been no acknowledgement, mention, or anything like that. So, does that mean the other the current Bat Riders didn't know about this? Because with one character in particular who is appearing in an, another book, there should have been at least some mention or. So that that was my problem with it. I, I really enjoyed it, but and whether it's nitpicking or not, but I just think the delays were, were just it's 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 uncalled for. So it's I mean it, yeah. it's it shouldn't have happened. I feel like Marvel does a better job between all their books and all their characters where the writers actually communicate to each other and say there's something happening with Spider Man. You can have a mention of it in your book, so it yeah. makes you feel like it's this bigger to be, universe. To be fair, it looks like they they kept the new Fifty Two branding off that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah right? they, 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 they have they, they do that with a couple they, of books. There, there's some mini series that are coming out. The, the new Fifty Two because there's Fifty Two <laughs> ongoing titles. There's there's some mini series. They don't put that on there, so they're only putting that on on the ongoing one. So they do have that, but they've been DC has been super ultra strict with all their writers. They're like, you have to meet your deadlines. There cannot be any delays. It's, you know, we're not going to accept it. So even that the top writers are supposedly being held to this, yet Grant Morrison apparently is not. <laughs> so that that was just my my. I mean, it, it's it's un, un, it's unfortunate that. We had this delay because this should have happened before. And, and even without the new Fifty Two, I feel like a delay of this magnitude would have just killed a lot of the momentum on this book. Mm-hmm. Like I, could, I can barely remember what happened prior to this, yeah. like directly and, prior. And like, like Gary said, you know, if, if someone who's just started reading like New Fifty Two, okay, I'm gonna start reading, and then they say, oh, this is cool. What's this? This big book. I'm gonna buy it, and then they're gonna have no idea what's going on. Yeah. So cool but, cover though. Yeah. I'm trying to decide if I like the idea of, of like franchise Batmans all over the world or not. Like I can see why it's a good idea, but I can also see why it's not. I'm sure the book explores all of this. Yeah. But. The, the main thing is, is it's, it's so Batman can have more control. So he has a say who's going to be the Batman in France. And, and so because his, his main thing is he like with the Stephanie Brown character, he never really approved of her. Because she was never like officially trained, you know, and it's it's for the safety of the people too. And, so there's a lot of lot of kind of knockoff Batman's running around, like in the Dark Knight. Yeah, but some of them have have their own name, like you know, there's you know, Knight uh, Knight and Squire, um, Batwing is in in Africa. So it's not like everyone's just like Batman, Batman. You know, they all have their own identities, but they're like agents of Batman Incorporated, right? And in, in here, it's it's like you know, Batgirl is is an agent of Batman Incorporated, even though she's not a Batman. It's also tax breaks. <laughs> yeah. Lots of tax breaks. Because that, that's the thing, you know, if, if for, for Bruce Wayne to be secretly funding this for years, like, how does he explain all this missing money? And now he can say, let's, let's, we can have, you know, R&D make these, you know, ultra high tech weaponry so he, can, he can be more in the open about it. Yeah. But then, like, doesn't he expose himself to all kinds of that, pro- criminal? I mean, it's not legal. Well, then Batman like, does. Batman's, <clears throat> Batman's uh, my bodyguard also, you know, kind of like, don't mess with me. <laughs> But that's the thing. I, I I think by putting this out because when he made that press conference, I mean other people were shocked by yeah. this, and so he's putting every single employee of Wayne Enterprises at risk. If the Joker says, "Oh, here's some secretary who works at at the Wayne Tower," I'm gonna you know terrorize their family because they you know work with Batman. Well, it's kind of right? like uh, turning you know Batman into a PMC, right? It's, it's actually exactly yeah. What I thought. It kind of is. It's like a Blackwater. Yeah, yeah. and then, and also <laughs> I mean, in the issues, he actually goes to like. Like the president of France, right. and he goes, you know, you will legitimize my my sanctioned Batman of France, and you know, don't mess with me. He kind of yeah. intimidates them. You don't like it too bad. Yeah, a little, little <laughs> arrogant. Batman the bully. Yeah, Justice League number four. All right, I I think I'm probably like the biggest supporter of this book. I've I've been loving Jeff Johns and Jim Lee. Yeah. 
I don't like this issue. I, I'm you want to talk I, about inconsistent uh, characterization? Well, I'm I'm waiting for for things. That, I, uh, what I okay. What I do like, looking at the cover. I mean, I I love you know. Sorry, I mean yes, it's Aquaman and. Jeff Johns is making Aquaman cool again. But what I like is, is you know, he's he's got the, the mutton chops here, and he doesn't have it in his own book. So it's like this is taking place five years ago. Is Aquaman yeah. beating up a Green Lantern? That's <laughs> just stylized for the cover. It doesn't really have. Well, nah, you get that's false advertising. <laughs> I would buy that. Thinking, wow, that's uh, I want to see Aquaman then, beat up a Green Lantern, but it does, <laughs> it's never. It's happened. not actually happening. <laughs> well, of all the oh, know, but he's he's yeah. fighting a shark though. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, Giant shark. <laughs> Giant shark. Of, of all the books of the New 52, Justice League is supposed to be the most new reader-friendly. It's the flagship book because uh, not only is it Jim Lee, which everyone knows, mm-hmm. right, but it's also Jeff Johns, creative director – what is he, creative head yeah, of DC yeah. – uh, writing it. And it's te- the origin of the Justice League, all the, the biggest characters in DC. The I can character- see how, how, how on the one hand that would be a good flagship because you know it's like a variety mm-hmm. pack. You get all yeah. the superheroes. But on yes. the other hand – for a beginner, it would be a lot of different mythologies well, I mean, and this, this is, to take This in. is them all meeting for the first time. Like yeah. when they, they were like, Batman's real? You exist? You know, they thought he was just an you know, urban myth. And then, right. You know, it is very slowly paced that's, that's intentionally. We get a lot of big – To show the origins of a lot of these characters. And, and to allow the big flashy, splashy – And because they're paying Jim Lee for the art, <laughs> it's a lot of big double-page action spreads. The art is great. It's very – you know, Jim Lee – if you like Jim Lee, you're going to love this. Yeah. Um, I made a point that Jim Lee can't draw feet for the life of him. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it's terrible. He, he can't draw feet on, on the ground. Like, See, there's no room in that. that, that yeah, page. no, no. Uh, it's, there's foot. I don't. I, don't I, I. I'm not a fan of this book. <laughs> That's actually apparently a frequent problem of of many artists. There's, there's feet. Yeah, kind of. There's feet. There's feet all over here. There's a, like apparently Mike Magnolia gave Hellboy hooves so that he wouldn't have to draw feet. Yeah, feet are not easy to draw. <laughs> right. So, so my thing is is. This is going on. I mean, finally, Dark Side is here. Finally, and you know, because basically all they've been doing is are kind of bickering with each other, which has been kind of fun. Seeing how, I mean, it, it is such a different first meeting at a Justice League compared to originally. Because you know, when mm-hmm. they were like, "Oh, let, let's go beat Starro," and you yeah, know, they're all friends here. They like they don't really like each other, and you know, Hal's kind of a you know a smartass. Where Batman can't stand them, and you know, there's there's there's, there's some some humor. I think they go too far with the, the humor. I the thing agree. I always loved about Justice League, I don't know if they've changed it, but when I used to read it and watch the, the animated stuff, is that even though Batman is the only one that doesn't have awesome superpowers, he clearly is the most bad. He's the, he's the one that can mm-hmm. tell – he's the only one that has the authority to tell like, Superman to sit down and shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. even, though, even though any one of them could just like, vaporize him in an instant, like, yep. they all bow to Batman because he's the most cool. There, there's like when um, Batman and Green Lantern first met, he's like, you don't even have powers? And, and then you know, Batman just comes like, just takes the ring off his fingers and, and he's like oh, you can't do that <laughs> so there is some acknowledgement that how you know he doesn't have power when Aquaman comes here he's like well who's the leader then he's like Batman's like I am and they're like what so he you know right away he stuffs everyone's up. younger and more arrogant yeah so, so that's, it's, and it's, that's it's, how you become a leader when someone says who's in charge you step forward and mm-hmm. say I am and even though you got like Superman there and Wonder Woman he's like nope it's me right yeah. and so so I, I do like that there there is some different in, in the characterization like Wonder Woman here is clearly different than Wonder Woman, her, her own book. So I, I like that they're acknowledging that this does take place five years, five years ago. ago. I'm annoyed by that cover now that you've told me that. Like, I, I, no, it's not that like Aquaman versus Green Lantern is something I've had like a comic boner for years and I want to see or anything. I'm just saying if that, that so that's just a pinup. Yep, I'm basically. saying that's false advertising. If you put that image on the front of the cover, I'm expecting to see something like that happen in the comic. I think that's that's a bait and switch. Not even behind the scenes. Not even like an outtake. Yeah, I don't like that. Comic covers have been lying to. Uh, okay, like <laughs> moving on. 
to Wolverine and X Men. Decades even. This doesn't happen. Well, not that I exact. Can that. Scene. I can totally see that happening though. <laughs> but you uh, still have Quentin Quire being yeah. like rebellious. Who is that character? That's Kid Omega. Okay, he, he's, a, he's, he's a, a Grant Morrison um, creation. creation. Yes. So he's super powerful. Um, what do they call him? Omega level Omega mutants. And and basically, what's, he, what's he's, his power? He's basically Jean Grey on steroids. Okay, and super intelligent. He's psychic, an ass. Uh, Yeah, there have, there have only been like two Omega level mutants. Jean Grey was the first, and uh, I think some some people would argue with that. Okay. Well, people he's, are like, like Storms and Omega and all, right. all these other people are Omega. <laughs> so this kid is uh, one of the most powerful mutants. It's like mutants, a mutant of a mutant almost. Uh, this is called Wolverine and the X-Men because Wolverine is now starting a school. He's basically Charles Xavier. Oh, he started his own. Is he's, Xavier dead in the comic? Nope. nope. Xavier's well. not dead, but he's kind of stepped down. He's okay. made a bunch of mistakes. Uh, he was thought to be dead for a while but he's, he's definitely back. taking it he's, he's not in the, he's yeah he's not in none the of the books yeah. i mean he, he made an appearance in the first issue and he's like good luck this is a, a hilarious just fun yeah. book yes in it's every really book that you find book. wolverine in because he's in adventures he has his own line it's super serious wolverine x-force uh x4 super serious Oof. there <laughs> and, and to be fair the, the last couple wolverine standalone wolverine books have been fun this is just pure fun wolverine is headmaster of a new school Jean with with kids, with is, attitudes, yeah. and and the kids that they have in the, the school aren't the just normal ranges. mutants. They are special. They're like they're notable, even by mutant standards. Yes. Okay. Um, like one is the the son of the gladiator, who's the uh, the Shi'ar uh, warrior he's, he's, with the mohawk. No, he's like the leading or like the in charge of all the Shi'ar. Oh, yeah, I guess he's, I he's, so, yeah, yeah. he's head of the Shi'ar state now. But he has he's the the big guy with the mohawk. His kid is here. Um, Quinn Choir is a kid, so he's. Part of the school now. He's, he's kind of there, not, not by by choice, though. Yeah. Wolverine's. So this this issue deals with that. Um, they have a, a brood who's brood. Uh, <laughs> who's a member of the the school. He's like one of the the aliens type xenomorphs, but he's also a mutant. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this book is just a lot of fun. A lot of absurdity, but it 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 works. Yeah. And, and like the humor mixed plenty of action, and that that's what you don't get that a lot in the X Men comics. That pretty much. I think since Grant Morrison outed the X-Men when, when they announced to the world, Xavier School is really the X-Men's base. And then everyone, you know, then then M-Day happened and, you know, there's only 200 mutants left or, or 198, whatever. So it's like it's everything's been so dark and, and dreary. You know, they're on a run. Everyone's trying to kill them. So finally we're back to having an X-Book that's, that's lighthearted, even though there's plenty. I mean, the school gets attacked on the first day. I mean, it's like practically trashed. And, yeah. And there's there's still no actual there. learning that goes on in this school <laughs> that we can <laughs> tell. Hands-on experience. But, but there is a part where they, they sit outside and, and by the Read tree. Book. And <laughs> they got the iPads out or whatever. And so it's, it's, it's a great book. It's fun. And it's still people don't like the art. I think the there's worst – uh, There's some people – There's some. Chris Bucklow has always been divisive because he's, he's very bold uh, inking. Um, I think the villain in the book is the worst part. The <laughs> villains are also kids. I mean, Kid it's like art. one of those things. Oh, if, if if this book is going to star a bunch of kids, then let's make the villains also kids, that are also uh, evil geniuses and super rich. I don't know because I dislike children in general so much that I really want to see them fail. So I think in that way they're great villains. Because wow. really <laughs> keep my kid away from Corey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, sure the very last page has a, a a character that comes back. I don't want to spoil it, but it is a character that we thought was dead in comics, but is back. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Who's made an appearance in? He's another, he's another book, book, book this week. This week, yeah. Okay, then we have Uncanny X Force number nineteen. Oh, probably uh, the best book in comics right now. 
So this has a, yeah. a, a, a an artist, Robbie Rodriguez, who hasn't done. I don't. I this might. I don't know if this is his first Marvel stuff. A um, little weird at first, but then you really get into it. Now I was misinformed when I looked at the solicits because I thought he was going to be doing issue the, the next like four issues, but apparently he's not. It's just this issue. Yeah, that's a shame. Because after this, so it's Rick Remender's. <clears throat> he's he's still writing this. After this issue, in a couple weeks, is going to be nineteen point one. Mm. So one of those point one issues has nothing, which which is unfortunate because this is part one of a new arc, chapter right. one. And then they're going to do they're going to interrupt the story with the point one issue. It's going to deal with the Age of Apocalypse, which I think is from that point one sixty four page whatever okay. comic weird future thing. And then it's it's going to continue with the the trial of Phantom X. I think is what what they're, well, they're calling. Hopefully, it. the quality of this book will keep up because the last arc is has been one of the probably the best story arc this year. Uh, Uncanny X Force. I mean, by the trades. Yeah, there's nothing really more to say about that. It's it's the X Men being their most brutal, the most epic. They're they're a hit 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 squad basically, I and mean, they yeah. they go out and they'll they'll kill, which it was a, a sore point for a lot of people uh, for like yeah. Storm and, and Beast. What's good about this? So this is the aftermath of the Dark Angel saga. So which came out last week. Yeah. And what's nice about this, this isn't like a, one of those just epilogue issues where they just, oh, let's, how do we feel? You know, nothing really happened. So they're moving on, but they're still acknowledging what happened before. So it does feel like that arc matters, that it's not just like, hey, the big, big story's over. Let, let's move on to the next thing. So know, even the superheroes have to check in with their feelings yeah. now and again. Yeah, so, so there, you, you get some of that. But a lot of times, they, you know, like Spider Island, that ended – you don't really see much. Oh, you know, uh, rebuilding. Oh, not you some, see them. Oh, yeah. Manhattan it's just, destroyed. It's just, it's, let's rebuild it again. Damage Incorporated works fast. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you get a little bit of that here. It's it's moving forward. You know, we, there was a new character, um, kind of introduced last issue in the end, and and things are moving forward. A really then, interesting new character. Yeah. The other thing is, uh, which I I won't go into detail because I don't want to spoil it for, for Norm and others who haven't read it. Is not at Regenesis is on the cover. Mm-hmm. So the weird thing is. Wolverine has the school with Beast, who is anti X Force. He was pissed at right. Scott, so he quit the X Men when he found out that Scott yes. was condoning a team of killer X Men. So now that that Wolverine has Beast working for him, what's how are they gonna? How's he gonna be? So there's been this schism in the X Men between literally there is a miniseries of... called Schism. Oh, okay. So there you go. Oh, I should write wow. comics. <laughs> yeah. So it's so basically yeah. So um, it was it it came up between Cyclops and Wolverine. Cyclops is staying on the West Coast. Wolverine moved to the East Coast. So oh, so it's basically. like it's like rappers. It's like East Coast, West Coast yep, rap, that, but with right. superpowers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and they, they, and, there was a rap off. They, they and, fought. Yeah, and then Wolverine lo- lost basically, and that's why he's starting a school. That is, that's but awesome. the, the, the biggest fu to Scott, the school is called the Jean Grey Institute for Higher Learning. Ah. so it's like, what do you think of that, Scott? <laughs> oh, he's doing that just to just to wind him up. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. So. Um, there, so that, that is kind of addressed, like what's going to happen is, well, you know, how can he keep X-Force a team from, you know, our secret and yeah. Cyclops yeah. is one of the most divisive characters in comics, period. A lot of people think he's like useless and he's just, he's kind of, he's kind of a dick and his power is not that great. But, and, and what is, what is his great ability? Oh, he's a leader, but what does that even mean? Um, but there are a lot of, uh, Cyclops defenders. People do like him. He yeah. makes it difficult. I mean, choices. he was kind of the brainy Smurf of the X Men for a while. Like, just going, Professor X says we should do this, but he's, he's he's moving away from that because yeah. like now, like time. like Magneto's like he's a he's like I'll follow Cyclops. You know, yeah. he's, 
they're, they're, he's getting closer to his ideals. X-Men are getting more badass. Like Namor's on the X-Men, Magneto's on the X-Men. Juggernaut Colossus. Yep. Pretty much change. after a Messiah Complex, the X-Men have really grown as a team. Yeah. <laughs> and which is why I like Wolverine and X-Men, because now you get some lighthearted. Yeah, yeah definitely. So. Ultimate Comic Spider-Man oh, number five. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, so we have um, new new Spider-Man. So Peter, in the Ultimate Universe, Peter Parker is dead. Yeah. And we have this kid, Miles Morales, who... Oh, this is a big thing because they had a Hispanic Spider-Man, right? Yeah. Half, half black, half Blue Hispanic. Blue Dobbs was mm-hmm. furious. Yeah, he didn't like that. <laughs> so it, this, he, first of all, it's the Ultimate Universe, right? Where they're allowed to make changes and... and they, sure, and, where they and, killed and, half the superheroes and of all, anyway. Yeah. Who cares? It's, it's a great story. This kid is amazing. It's you know, it's he's not Peter Parker. It's not just the same old coming of age thing. Did it's, he get bit by a spider? The same he did. Way? Okay. Um, yeah, it's from from Osborne. His you know he, he the spider was was similar to the movie. You know, there was a spider that was genetically created and everything like that. Um, Miles's uncle turns out to be the Prowler, Prowler, which we find out. So he went into one of Osborne's labs and was stealing some stuff and took the spider whether he knew or not miles was visiting his uncle he's not supposed to and then the spider got out bit him basically so some similarities but powers are a little bit different because it was a different spider right? ah, different so right. see like he has some like camouflage abilities where he can like you know he and he's still kind of learning how to how to work yeah. everything so then he finds out you know peter parker in this universe he he sacrifices life you know he's this hero everyone's sad and He's kind of like the great power with great, you know, great responsibility thing. So he finally decides, like, I maybe I should be Spider Man. And then this, so there's some kind of hot female Spider Man. (laughs) Um, Well, you know what? (laughs) Let me tell you this: this Spider Woman is actually. Female Peter Parker. It was a clone Wait, of Peter. What? Oh, <laughs> Gary. Are you I, now? I, I honestly can't tell when you're just pulling my leg. No, anymore. no. You just, Peter you Parker was Peter cloned. In the clone, he was cloned because yes. Peter Parker there was known for having many clones. Clone saga. And okay. one of his clones turned out to be female. Lit? Okay. And and they teamed up and they have the same like personality and stuff and same memories, but it's. It's a chick. She and Johnny it's Storm briefly dated, if it makes you feel any better. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you confused? <laughs> I, I'm very confused. <laughs> so what it comes down to, she she sees this kid. She's pissed off. It's like, you know, because Spider-Man was like such a hero, and then you, someone else is trying to replace him. They're like, you know. That's right. the she feels thing. like she's still the original. Well, no, 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 no. She, she's, she knows. She, she's accepted that. She has an uh, intimate tie, like a per- very personal tie to the original who died. Does she know that she's a client yeah, yeah. of yeah, Peter Parker? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so she, I mean, she has all the memories of being a dude, actually, and, before. Now really? She has, oh, that's, that's got to be weird. She has her own identity. <laughs> but know, she's, she's, yeah, she's coming around. Uh, that's what the great thing about the story is. It's not just a kid becoming Spider-Man. It's a kid becoming Spider-Man in a world where Spider-Man was... New York's greatest hero and died and everyone knew about it and how how do you cope with that so it's like a huge responsibility and I, I love just your interaction because you know mile because usually you know someone gets powers they're like a hero right away but he, you know he's still learning so she confronts him she just like takes his mask off right away and he's like yeah. you can't do that and you know he's like freaking out and and so she really <laughs> put, puts him in his place and then and that the, the big thing so is, there are technically two spider men running around well, there's a because it's the female one still. She's Spider Woman working. So is Spider Woman okay? So there's a Spider Man and a Spider Woman now yes. that are both publicly known about. Uh, yes. Spider Woman. Uh, so I don't. Much. I don't she's, think they're. She kind of is. Yeah. Kind of, but yeah, she's not she's going out of her way to shield. So yeah. Yeah. So she's kind of more of a secret agent. Yeah. And then that, that's a big thing is is Nick Fury, in this universe, felt a lot of guilt and responsibility over. 
Peter Parker and his death and everything like that. Does Nick so, Fury look like Sam Jackson in this yep, universe as well? That, that's, okay. Well, this that's is the, this is the only universe where he is Sam Jackson. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they basically when oh, because look, that's uh, that's Tony Stark. Yep. Yep. So All right. They they model it. So the movies are actually the Avengers movies are more similar to the Ultimate Universe than the regular Marvel universe. Okay. So there's a lot more ties there. So it's, it's a lot of interesting things. That, you know, can Miles just become Spider Man? Does he have the right to? And and so there's a lot. That is addressed there. I think if you got bit by a radioactive spider, it makes a pretty good case. <laughs> yeah, but I know, he does, he you don't have a lot of options for. He, he has own the name. same Names. costume. You know, maybe someone copyrighted Arachnid the name. Boy, Arachnaman, Spider Kid, or WCW in the nineties. <laughs> okay, Wonder Woman number four. You guys think? Did you read this? Uh, I, I don't, not chance. I found it kind of confusing. I think I may have missed three. So um, yeah, Wonder Woman lost. found out her father. She is, has a well. Once she found out she has a father, has a period. father. It's not made from clay anymore. And so, and the big reveal: her father is Zeus, man, slut Zeus. <laughs> so she's she's kind of coming to terms. She goes clubbing here. <laughs> what? She's with really? With, yeah, she's hanging out with her sister. So she's actually like a Greek goddess, not an like Amazonian she's a demigod. one. Demigod. Yeah. Okay. Which is that? That's one of the big changes in the New Fifty Two, where they. They changed. So she's kind of like Perseus, like half man, half mm-hmm. god. Yes. Okay. Except instead of half man, she's half like Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, because Oh, okay. So both sides are awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But there's a lot of like, it's kind of like really know. good fusion cuisine. Yeah, like good like French Asian food or something like. Where they they go really well it's together. Ambrosia and you know, delights from the Amazon and uh, and um, uh, 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 heroes. Mm. Yeah. See, super, but superheroes. See? <laughs> See what I did there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, so we, we get, get. Why have I not been on this podcast all along? <laughs> this is clearly just what it that's, needs. That's the name of a. That's the name of a new deli. Yeah, superheroes. Like, yeah. <laughs> wow. Or oh, and you could start it in Washington and call it DC superheroes. Oh, oh my Christ's god! Sake. Oh my god! <laughs> all right. It's probably copyrighted. We should probably move on. So we we get more on Wonder Woman and her origins. Um, Zeus's wife's not happy. You know, well, I'd imagine he's been he's been <laughs> playing around yeah. yet again. Why yeah. does she stick around with that guy? <laughs> this is not the first time. <laughs> although she, although Hera they, also they had affairs, as if I remember my mythology correctly. Yes. They're both bad. They were more like revenge affairs, though, which doesn't really justify it. But. Yeah. <laughs> so and then so we'll Wonder Woman has an identity crisis. Yeah. So she's dealing with it and Hera's. Hippolyta, 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 Her mom. She, she has to confront Zeus's way. Now, does this mean that she has any uh, any new powers, or has anything about her actually changed, or is it just kind of an email? They kind of explained why she's so strong, right? And it wasn't just because she was created from clay and a gift from the gods. Right. It's no yeah. longer magic; it's now magic and it was God a gift power. from Zeus, <laughs> his seed. Oh, um, thanks, Norm. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Invincible, eighty six. Oh, still the best superhero comic. Woo-hoo. There's no point talking about it because no one's reading it except me. And I read it in trade, people. but yeah, yeah I don't. Uh, it, it, it is. You just really said Uncanny X Force was the best superhero comic. Uh, oh, rewind. Which one is better? Yeah, make a decision. Oh God, come on. I, I like I like Invincible more, more consistent. It's issue 86, and all 86 issues have been good. Yeah, it's it's a good, it's Robert Kirkman, mm-hmm. a long serialized comic. Um, they went. Uh, Corey Walker's back uh, for this arc, um, and I can see where the, finally see where it's going because it went to a point where it got so awesome and so big that they couldn't go anywhere else after. Yeah, I mean, after and the they didn't, so they kind of reset. Uh, yeah, the, that was Bill War, and now they're kind of leading to where that could go. So great. All right, let's try to get through some of these. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you still got a big stack of comics there. Yeah. Well, we're not gonna. Yeah. 
Red Hood and the Outlaws, number four. So we're getting more um, interaction between uh, Jason Todd and Roy Harper. So it's it's interesting to see how Roy has his back, you know, even though like Jason's not asking him to. So you see, and you see the, the level of respect there. There's more in Starfire. So again, all the people complain about the first issue where she was basically just a. How would you describe her? Like eye candy or just tarted up. Yeah. <laughs> so so there's there's more to her revealed here and very very nice art. And there's some some things being set up. This book has gotten substantially better since issue one. I, I'm perfectly willing to admit. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I like to think that Lobdell had things. You know, I, I think people were, were quick to judge. Yeah, and and there is some that that little little boy that took that picture of Starfire when she was gonna, so that comes back to play, <laughs> you know, pretty big in, in this issue. So there there's a reason for that too. So people just be patient and not judge it. You have a comic three issues. Green Lantern Corps, number four. War Crimes, uh, that sounds pretty serious. It's not great. <laughs> so Green Lantern, again, they're in this lull phase after a huge, you know, Blackest Night, War of the Green Lantern. Shitty movie. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's a lot to exactly. tackle. I mean, yeah. they, 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 DC went big with Green Lantern. They're like four, five Green Lantern books out. Movie didn't do so hot, so now they're kind of like, oh. Oh, do you think that was all like they were planning to kind of capitalize off the movie? I mean, and then and, and really Green Lantern was like, uh, he was, when they rebooted Justice League, for New 52, Green Lantern was front and center. Right. And like, He's also right, right. very much more like his movie counterpart oh, in yeah. Justice League. Exactly. Yeah. They thought the movie was going to make him a big deal. And, yeah. And, yeah, 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 yeah not so much. It's right. kind of the other way around. Because he wasn't a big deal, the movie didn't do great. Right. Uh, so uh, this uh, Green Lantern Corps, uh, there's a new uh, group of enemies that killing all the Green Lanterns somehow. Not the Manhunters, all the Keepers. And it's revealed why they're called the Keepers. Has to do with the Lanterns. It's it's a cool twist. I, I like I like I like where it's going. And then um, we have a surprise appearance from another character. Oh yeah, okay. has, has I want to talk about that. No, no, I don't know if we should spoil it or not. Green Lantern, all the Green Lantern books, since they're still in New Fifty Two, they're one of the few books like the Batman books where they didn't reboot everything because there was so much history and so much stuff going on already. And because it was Jeff Johns, are like, okay. and because Jeff Johns <laughs> wrote it, and he's like, I want to keep this. This is still canon. Um, not much has changed, but in this issue, one character from Justice League, maybe, yeah. I can say, has no uh, history appears, with, with and uh, you can definitely tell that, that history is erased. So that's that's a big change. Yeah. Say that. Daredevil number seven. Uh, standalone issue, super fun. Paulo Rivera's back. Great cover. Mark Wade. That cover has almost kind of a Frank Miller kind of vibe to it. Yeah. This is very lighthearted. It's, it's, it's such a good book. It's um, it has a slight holiday theme, mm-hmm. Christmas time. Yeah, uh, Matt Murdock's taking some some blind kids out. Um, what, what, what's what's great about this? So, so basically, they're they're driving through snow, bus accident, and it's it's a, ma- a matter of survival. Yeah. for Matt like Murdock. He, uh, Matt Murdock has a flashback to a party he was at where he's wearing a, a sweater that says "I'm not Daredevil" because <laughs> there was a big deal that Daredevil's identity was revealed, and now he's, the whole he's everything has been you never knows. To deny he's Daredevil. Uh, it's 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 good. So it's it's basically survival. Um, Matt Murdock with a, nine, I think it was eight or nine, eight kids, eight, eight blind kids. kids, yeah, and just trying to survive. There weren't yeah. any non-blind people on this bus. The, it was the, the like driver. a special. It was like a special bu- like the driver. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, please tell me, Matt. No, no, <laughs> yeah. I think I know. How, I think I know why the crash happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, 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 the driver, the driver dies. Well, who know. didn't see that coming? Well, I guess Matt Murdock. <laughs> 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 wah, wah. And so, but what I like about this is it's taking Daredevil 
putting him in a different environment. Rather than being in a city, he's he's out in the wild in the snow and trying to survive with these kids. And yeah, so that's pretty cool. Very good. I like that after the Bendis and Malieve did an amazing job. Don't get me wrong, but I like to see sort of a lighter heart it return is. to Daredevil. Yeah, it's it's not depressed Daredevil. Yeah, like like Catholic guilt. Yeah, Daredevil. Yeah, it's a depressed Catholic guilt. Daredevil. What, what, what I think is, is be an action figure. The the Daredevil in last week's Avengers that Bendis is writing, who's written him before, he's kind of a jerk. Yeah, a little bit. So, I don't know. Fantastic Four six oh one. So good. So now we're back really to good. Fantastic Four. Um, yeah. Johnny's back. Everyone. I Wait, hold. Okay, so Johnny Storm yeah. is not dead anymore. No, he came they back. made a big deal. So when Johnny Storm died, issue. Uh, they stopped printing Fantastic Four and they rebranded the book FF, Future Foundation, to stand for the Future Foundation. They because there's no four Fantastic Four. Spider Man joined the Future Foundation. Don't you think there needs to be some kind of pushback from like readers and and like people like you guys? Like when when they try when Marvel and DC try to make a big deal, try to make a lot of hay out of killing a superhero, clearly knowing that it's not permanent. Yeah, that people are you, okay. you need to kind of give them some shit for it. I think we give the big like give USA Today shit for making yeah. a big deal out of it. They're always going to fall for it though. That's the that's you know because they're not real fans. They're they're not really following it. But it I just mean, seems like it's it's a bullshit game to play with your death, audience. It's, it's tainted. We don't. See, I mean, when, when in our heads it's a countdown of when the character returns. And but the the, the key is, is, is how it's written. Yeah. Is if 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 they can write a, a decent death, if there's a reason, if it's not doesn't feel just too flashy, gimmicky. And then the way the character comes back, like in, in the story in between, if all that's handled properly, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm totally okay with the fact that they killed off Johnny Storm. We saw all the morning, all the stuff after. And they never showed a body, to be fair, with Johnny Storm. No, but, but the thing they is, he did, no, show, he, he did die. Yeah. He died in, twice. In the most technical least. sense I'm of just the saying the, de- the, whole, the whole reason why they make a big deal out of it being a death is that death carries a lot of emotional weight. It means that character's never coming back, but it doesn't actually mean that. So it's all a fraud, don't yeah. you think? And that was addressed yes. in another issue, which we <laughs> talked about before, the Secret Avengers, where you know, um, some regular non-superhero were saying, what, you know, it's not a big deal because you know, superheroes are always coming back from the dead. So it's like, why, why do you guys are sad about it? And then um, it was Black Widow saying that, Imagine what it's like, not, you know, just to sit sitting there waiting, not knowing if, if it's actually if they're going to be dead or if they're going to come back, or for those who actually die if if they're in a state of limbo and you know all this stuff. So you know they've they've addressed the fact that you know right. there's all these deaths there. Right. So yeah, it, it's 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 annoying. I, I think most comic readers are annoyed now by deaths. They don't see it as as some great huge event. But like I said, if if it's written properly and well then you know, it can make a great story. Yeah, I mean, it can still be interesting to explore like the emotional reactions of the yeah. characters and, and in that universe. And they did a great job in Fantastic Four. Right. Also, it's just another char- a step in the development of that character. Like, death is just a way this character grows up. And the return of Johnny Storm, he is different now than when he died. And I mean, if you kind of do look at superheroes as modern myths, like, you know, the mythological characters die all the time and come back. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind that. It's the way that the comic companies try to make a lot of media yeah. publicity I'll, out I'll of it when we, when we know mm-hmm. that. It's like when they have the summit, you know, the plan of the next three years of Marvel storylines. Like, okay, we got to kill five people in the next three years. Like, 2012, who are two big deaths? Oh, I guess it's... Uh, Black Panther's turn, or you and know, they, Captain they, America's turn again. Yeah. They they joked that they were going to have a death like every quarter or something like that, and they they <laughs> See, pretty much they, they that, did. That, you know, they they who like they that. killed? They killed Bucky. They killed Thor. They killed Johnny. They killed Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, I they guess. killed. There's, I like sure that Great Lakes Avengers arc where they literally killed a Great Lakes Avenger every issue, yeah. <laughs> just um, to like make fun, mock this this trope. <laughs> so so Johnny's back. We find out he's he's actually 
we, we I guess I won't spoil it. We find out how long he was gone in the negative zone because time tr- happens differently there. So he's he's a different character, and it's a really good issue. It still it continues yeah. right off Fantastic Four, uh, FF or Fantastic Four six hundred, the big invasion by the Kree army, um, and it's really good. Venom number eleven, so Rick Remender continues to be amazing. So uh, Flash Thompson is Venom, and he's he's on the run. He stole the suit from the government because. Crime Master and Jack Lantern, they know his identity. They're threatening Betty Brant and Flash's mom. So he has to do what they say, but he doesn't want to. And he's fighting to control the suit to, to keep it from just wanting to chomp people's heads off. And so it's it's, it's, it's kind of a dark book. Venom on a the road. Really yeah. dark book. Yeah. So it, yeah, he talks yeah. about like the dealing with the psychological trauma of having bit someone's head off. Yeah, like, and and just yeah. uh, this Jack Lantern character is a real oh my god, oh, yeah. what a jerk! Yeah, and just this, we find out his origin, which is pretty gruesome, chilling. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's great, and again, it's Rick Remender, so it's, yeah. it's 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 great. The premise is awesome, though. You know, you know, Jack Tom- or uh, Flash, uh, Thompson. Flash Thompson is right. No. He was the bully that. Bullied Peter Parker in high school. Oh, Spider-Man's right. biggest. Yeah, but and, he was Spider-Man's then, biggest. Fan. But he, yeah, he, he was Spider-Man. Spider-Man's biggest fan, right? Because he liked like Spider-Man's like you know kind of, he's a football player, right? Spider-Man's like macho, like cool. Everyone loves Spider-Man, but he hated Peter Parker. Oh, hated, if only he knew, right? Exactly. Right, exactly. If only he knew. And then he became a war hero. You know, okay. He goes fights in Iraq, loses both his legs. Oh, and so he comes back and he's a real hero. So Spider-Man, like this guy is a real hero, right? He goes fights for the country without but, superpowers. Right, without superpowers. <laughs> And then but, does Peter Parker make fun of the fact that he lost his legs? No, no, it seemed no, like a good opportunity no, for a comeback. No, no. <laughs> they, 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 they actually they became friends before yeah. that. They they came to terms. Flash oh, was like, okay. like I was a jerk, you know, and, and yeah. And so, so, so they now, basically took someone who was in the background, like there's an old you know right, 60s right, bully right. comic, right, and made him a real character. And and now he's Venom. Okay. So and Venom gives him an opportunity not only to get his legs back. Because the Venom suit gives him legs, but also to be like Spider-Man right. and be a hero. All right, the Venom cool. costume is evil, obviously. Yeah, and, and as an agent of the government, you know, he, he's using the suit in different ways you know, with, that you know, Venom doesn't normally wear. So it's, it's really, really, really good. Yeah, I've never thought 10 years ago that Venom and Carnage would be at the forefront of two really amazingly good books that are being put yeah. out by Marvel right now. Supergirl, number four. It's a new 52. So what's what's nice here? You know, we we got the suit, the Kryptonian armor. So there's some talk of that. We have Kryptonite, which we haven't seen in any of the Superman comics, and we got this new villain, which I don't really care for. This guy, I forget what his name is. I don't even want to Tex Thor, I think. No, it's similar uh, to Tex Thor. But um, all I'll say is some big things happen at the end. Okay. Um, yeah. So we'll just leave it at that. Credible Hulk. Number three. So what we finally find out is how Hulk and Banner were separated here, which doesn't huh. make any sense to um, Fear Itself, where it's like they're talking in Banner's mind, and all of a sudden Hulk's just like tired of it, and then he, they just separate, and then they're in a desert, and Banner's in a hospital gown with an IV, and then Hulk takes off. So we, 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 we see a little bit of how that happened. Banner just wants to, or Hulk just wants to be left alone. Banner now is obsessed with recreating the Hulk because he felt that was the only accomplishment he did. So he's been experimenting on all these animals, just trying to recreate it, and just uh, Hulk's trying he's to basically Doctor Moreau. Yeah, and Hulk's just trying to be alone. He's he's living in, in underground in subterranea with the the moloids, and they get attacked, and so Hulk has to finally like, all right, I gotta 
I got to deal with Banner. Mark Silvestri. It's still good art. Um, so, so the last issue, there was a lot of controversy because there was like a ton of different artists. You know, he did some stuff. Yeah. So this, um, the credits just have him listed as line art. Then we have colorist. And there's no other artists listed here. But you definitely see that, that there's a, a different, there's, there's a softer feel to, to the pencils. It's, um, hmm. But yeah, so I, I don't know. I never heard any like reasoning why there's so many different artists for the last issue. But um, I think it's back to Silvestri and, cool. and Hulk with a beard. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 676. This Spider-Man is not in this issue. But next. He's on the cover. Look, <laughs> it's true again. But see, he says it, it's if, comic books. If you don't read this comic. If I buy guys, a comic called The Amazing Spider Man, and there is a big picture of Spider Man on the front, I believe I have a reasonable expectation that, that I'm going to see some Spider Man in that comic. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's. he's yeah. No, he's, not, he's not literally even, not, not in it. It's about this is, the Sinister Six. Yeah, this is the Sinister Six versus the Intelligentsia. Oh. No, no. This, this is good. No, this this was good because the, the Sinister Six you can finally take them seriously and intelligent. We've got Modak. I like. I'd say read the, it. Be- two, the, read it before you groups, judge it. There are groups that don't feel like they should fight each other. There's reasons. Okay. Why wouldn't villains fight each other? They they're all. But about... they're on different. They're on different levels. No. Sinister Six never. Real, been that you're gonna tell me the wingless wizard is above anyone? <laughs> and then what's. What's oh, interesting? the Avengers are in this book. Here's um, the Winter Guard is here. Oh, things don't go well for poor them. foreign supergroups. But I know uh, the, the Winter, the Winter, of the Winter Guard gets. Oh, I'm sorry, gets it a the lot. Winter Guard. They 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 get stuff handed to them like often. So it, it's just it's 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 a good matchup. They get alpha flighted. Let's say. Yeah. Nightwing number four. I I dig Kyle Higgins. So we the the, the my problem with this is so Batgirl's here. Mm-hmm. When we saw Batgirl and Nightwing, or Nightwing and Batgirl last month, I think it was last month. Yes. You know, Batgirl was just, something was going on with her, and she was just, you know, I, I guess because, you know, Dick is like. She gave Nightwing not, a lock you, of her hair. Yeah, that was our, but he, but he, he basically says, you know, maybe you shouldn't be Batgirl just yet because, you know, you're, you're recovering from regaining the use of your legs and all that, and she got pissed at him, and, but then she just comes back, like, nothing's wrong. I mean, did they acknowledge it? And he even says, well, the last time we met, you know, you were a little crazy. So it's just weird that, you know, now she just comes back and it's, and like, oh, let's team up. I liked their interaction in Batgirl a lot more, actually. I felt like there was a real weight to it. Whereas, yeah, like I I thought the same thing as I was reading this. I was like, wait, don't these two kind of hate each other right now? Yeah. So aren't they at least mad at each other? Oh, I don't know. But I mean, it's a good issue and we're, we're getting more on the, the secret of Haley's circus and you know why who this killer is that's that's after Psycho. Yeah, after Dick Grayson. So good stuff. Catwoman number four. So there's there's no um flying boobs in this issue. Like like we've seen in other Catwoman ones. And she's dealing with the fact that she basically got someone like her closest friend killed. That that it's all because of her, so she's dealing with all that and just the stuff she has to go through. And um, I think some some good character development yeah, here with I, her. I think this book continues to be really solid. Yeah, so definitely a, a change. It's it's improved. It's it's not. How would you describe it? It's not this book has always been really, <clears throat> yeah in some of the art. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, there, 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 I mean, I, there's, there's I, actually, I don't mind there's the story, actually, but like the there's art. actually development going on here. The book has been melodramatic in the best way possible. Like when emotions happen, they have they like run raw and solid, and yeah, just. Where does Catwoman fit like on the on the tonal scale? Is it is it fun? Is it dark? It's a little bit. I mean, it's kind of both. Yeah. Her her. So we find out last issue. You know, she was um, kind of raised when as as like early teen with this. This lady who was a fence, and you know, because then she learned some stuff from her, and then she would always, whenever she would steal stuff, she would go, you know, to the fence or anything. So it was like this is the closest person to her, and because Catwoman stole some stuff from this mobster dude, he discovered who she was, and then killed Catwoman's friend. Mm. So Catwoman, she just she like loses it, and she goes after this guy. She's like beating him, and it's like just crazed look in her face. She's about to kill him, and Batman came and like stop her. And then she she ends up kicking him off the building because you know so then Batman had to decide to save save the, the the beaten criminal or you know apprehend Catwoman so it it got pretty dark last issue but there there's also been a lot of sexual suggestions <laughs> energy <laughs> and sex between Catwoman and Batman while wearing costumes <laughs> which was kind of weird yeah why wouldn't you Avengers number twenty. So this is continuing the Dark Avengers, Norman Osborn. Oh snap! Yeah, I didn't realize this. And where you know he he publicly reveals that he has his team, and he's he says how you know he was ousted from his post as government. He was locked up in a secret government facility, and so the on, was... the publics are they're questioning because we we've had a lot of that. People are, are questioning where is Norman Osborn? Oh, no, even before that, they're just really questioning the Avengers and, you know, what they're trying to do and just, you know, so we're getting a lot of this unnecessary tension and protest. So, I don't know. Norman Osborn has been a great villain. Yeah. He's united all the super evil organizations. Yeah. Hydra, AIM, not so much the hand, but those two. Well, the hand also. Did he? I thought that was a Because the Gorgon. Oh, you're right. Okay, yeah, I completely forgot about the Gorgon. Yeah. So we'll see if his plan works this time. Gorgon's new uh, Dark Wolverine. Right. X-23, number 19. So this finishes up the, the babysitting, Misadventures babysitting. Does this, what does this cover look like to you guys? Does this remind you of anything? Makes me think of something else. A soap opera? Mm. DVD box set? <laughs> By the way, since we're talking about Avengers, some news just broke on the wires. Oh, yeah? Uh-oh. I don't know if the comics Marvel has, cha- or as Disney has changed the uh, title. What? Of uh, the Avengers. Is that just called the Avengers now? Can you guess what they've changed it to? Uh, oh, wait, wait, Marvel's wait, hold on. The Avengers? No, 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 no. Um, it is actually, well, that's actually part of it. It's Marvel's The Avengers, but there's an additional component. Oh, like a colon and like a subtitle? A no, it's not a subtitle. The Ultimate Avengers? Avengers, you know, I, I can tell Iron you, Man, I can tell you, you're, not gonna, you're not going to like it. Avengers Rise. Do you want to just get it over with? Captain yeah. America and the Avengers. The official title is now Marvel's The Avengers 3D. Oh, oh, are you Christ. kidding me? Deal with it. I am fine <laughs> with that. Full title? Apparently. Like in IMDb, if you search it or something. That's what it says right here. Oh. That's so bad. That's rotten. <laughs> I have no problem with 3D. My my brain I, my brain can handle it. At I, this point, the people are like turning on it though, so that might actually hurt like sales. <laughs> Anyways, this cover of X twenty three, this reminds me of a Star Wars 
I think it was like one of those trade. Looks like cards. Han Solo. Han Solo and Princess Leia. There, yeah, there's, you're there's right. Like, just like the color, and I don't know if, if it was meant to be like that, but I remember like one of those like galaxies, whatever masterpiece. Yeah, cards it looks a lot like where, that. I mean, even even the the back, it's it's, it's like when when yeah, the, the, before the, he looks gets, like he's inside the Falcon there, or it's like before he goes into Carbonite. Oh you're yeah, 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 like in Cloud right. City, yeah. So and he's I, got the dark tunic and the white collared shirt underneath mm-hmm. the whole the whole business. So I don't know if it's meant to be an homage to that, hmm. but that's immediately when. I saw that I was like that's like no I had like the same console. reaction when I first saw it so there you go so this ends um, the, the babysitting story great and great art very fun book which unfortunately is not going to be around much longer um, going through the rest of you, Wolverine number 20 so this is the beginning um, we're approaching so even though it's Wolverine 20 we're getting ready for Wolverine 300 they're going to renumber everything um, Wolverine versus the kingpin and hand. Um, we have a certain character here that's reveal. like, um, that doesn't make any sense, just like in yeah. the other book we mentioned. A doesn't double make reveal, any sense. yes. So he's there. Uh, we got uh, Doc, Dokken, Dark Wolverine. Wolverine's that's, son. That's, is he actually fight another Dark Wolverine? Or is it just like, is I, the cover just this is like, that? That's as far as I've read. It's been okay. going. There, there's a sh- he's been fighting a shapeshifter. I'll, no, I'll I, leave I, it at I that. I take it back. <laughs> oh, so yeah, so I, I didn't read that. I did read Fables 112. So this is a holiday themed issue. So Fable, I, I love Fables. People should be reading that. Um, it's a little, little oversized. So it's 3.99, but there's, there's a lot, lot of reading there. And um, great. I just love it. Mark Buckingham, Bill Willingham. Yeah, Buckingham. Yeah. Um, so we got New Mutants. I haven't read Hulk, uh, Dead Man, Ninja Turtles. And Invincible um, Iron Man. Invincible Iron Man. Um, trying to think what else came out. <coughs> Massive week. Yeah. Invincible Iron Man's good. My problem with it is that Mandarin looks like Tony Stark. Maybe it is. Like that, okay, that's Tony Mandarin Stark. on the cover. That is not Tony Stark. Maybe Tony Stark <laughs> finds the rings. He has the ten rings, so. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that and the hair are the only way you can tell. You, his longer hair. Remember, didn't Mandarin get his hands blown off? Before, yeah, he got the rings like set in his spine at one point. I remember so that he wow. could actually channel the power through his body. They'll never do a Mandarin villain for the movies, though. You can't even have that name. Yeah, like, that's... <laughs> exactly. All right, so that is the comics for this week. So let's get into a little bit of news. News obviously has slowed down this week. There hasn't been a whole lot. So because which we didn't mention, we are recording this a day early. Um, so it is actually Thursday now. So if anything like. The title of the Avengers movie being renamed <laughs> breaks. We might not hit it if it's happening right now, unless Gary is on it. Breaking news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that that's why we brought you in. Um, you remember this movie called X Men Origins Wolverine? Yes, and, I remember Deadpool was good in it. And this, this, no, I remember Deadpool being I, terrible. I liked the Deadpool. Thank you. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it was fun. Wait, which which Deadpool? Not the one at the end. The first half or the second? I'm half? sorry. The first half. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wade Wilson. When he, when he was just like a merc that was yeah, mouthing off. He was Wade Wilson. I thought he Ryan was, yeah, Reynolds. He was. I thought as Wade Wade Wilson, he was good. Yeah. Talks about drawing katanas at an ex's wedding. But that stitched together abomination thing. Yeah. Sword in his arm. Not at all. No, that was bad. Yeah, the Darth Maul Deadpool was really lame. Yeah. No, but the f- I, the first half, I thought he, he the characterization it was good. Put yeah. on a mask. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't really so, put on a mask until he got disfigured, though. The remember that that some dude upload he he supposedly bought it on a street corner in Brooklyn and uploaded it on on the internet. Everyone found out, and eventually he got busted. Yeah. Yep. Well, he's been sentenced to a federal prison for how long? One year. 
one year in federal prison. Which is going to seem more like 10. Yeah. Yeah. For, for, for bootlegging, yeah. But yes. in a federal prison? In a federal prison. But it's it's not like he's going to, like... It's not it's not club fed. <laughs> what 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 is a what what sets a federal? Well, I mean, prison? I think there are, I think there are federal prisons that are for you know low category risk. Exactly, it's, it's, but it's not like he's going into you know. He's not going right? to Oz, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to so, San Quentin. Uh, it was not his first offense. He and he showed no remorse. I remember thinking, like, I'm very anti-piracy, and I like it when pirates are brought to book. But even mm-hmm. I was going, really, a year in federal prison? That is pretty harsh. They're making an example. But of then, him? but to be fair, I then looked at. His history, as you pointed out, that he has done this many times before and showed no remorse at all. At some point, these people, you got to give them a short, sharp shot. Yeah. And also, I mean, what's another story that this is like uh, Murdoch's copy of Wolverine, right? The reason it was leaked was that it was like someone at Fox who was careless with it or someone with yeah. a, at, uh, at Murdoch. I think part, it's part of the reason why this case got pushed as far as it did is that I think it was particularly embarrassing for yeah, Fox yeah. that it leaked out from within their own ecosystem. Yeah. A week and, before and, the movie came but, out. But this yeah. guy, he claims, which I, I doubt that, but he claims he bought it on a street corner or you know some, some guy, mm-hmm. some vendor. I don't think it really matters, does it? Yeah, you're still receiving well, stolen Yeah, goods. no, no, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, did he get it from someone, did he actually get it directly from someone at Fox or did he really get it? You know, from right. some just street vendor, right? And you know, he's it's, just covering yeah, for again, someone. hugely irresponsible. Yeah, yeah. Especially in this day and age, it's like everything should be secure, and but I guess not. Yep. <laughs> so there is that. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen any of the Marvel animes on G Four. I have not. Actually, I, I have. I, I, saw I saw, it, I've seen. I watched some of the Iron Man. Ones. I saw. The, I only saw the first episode of Iron Man. Is it good? So, so good? You know, Tony Stark is in Japan, mm-hmm. which oh. is weird because he's like. I'm going to retire and leave the United States. I'm going to go to Japan and I'm going to build all these suit for you guys, but I'm still going to use the suit and still be Iron Man. That's as far so as it's I... in, you know, it's in the anime style. Okay. And you know, they've, they've tried to embrace the Japanese-ness of it as much as possible. So but it's like, not he actually is, a show he is in, in I think he's running, isn't he running like no, it, a, like a, a, like a Japanese subsidiary of Stark yeah, Industries it's like there? He, yeah. He kind of leaves. It, it's, it's done by Madhouse, which is a, a true anime studio. Oh, so it is a Japanese yeah. production. Oh yeah. It's all okay. legitimately Japanese. Oh, okay. It's, like, it's, not, it's not like an American studio trying right. to mock it up to look oh, okay, like yeah, it. Yeah. It's, I, mean, it's I, I would not want that. Okay. Yeah, so, so it looks um, good. I've, yeah. seen, I've seen a couple. It's pretty decent. Oh. So they, they've had Iron Man. I think there's been a Wolverine. There's, there, there's, there's a Wolverine there's, one there's, as well, which is also I think that's ja- Japan-flavored. But again, that's, probably, that's more true to mm. the Wolverine It's like, it's like anyway, oriental-flavored right? ramen. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm saying that's, that's the flavor of the, the ramen, the ramen noodles. It says oriental flavor. Right, it's terrible. Okay, so uh, it, there, there's going to be a Blade one. You know, people there's been trailers and anything. So that is going to premiere on G4 Friday, January thirteenth at eleven p.m. Eastern and Pacific. That could be cool. I love Blade. Yeah, and, and it, it looks good. I, I just, I probably won't watch it. I, I never watch G4. I always forget that I have that channel. I just, I just don't want to watch a lot of TV. So. Yeah, I don't watch a lot of G4, but I remember seeing the Iron Man thing and when I was shuffling through channels, yeah. I said, oh, check it out. Watch I mean, it, if, if, if they release them on DVD or Blu-ray, I'll, I'll probably check it out. That I, I'm not going to, especially when you got the commercials and everything. And... Is Blade active in, in the comics right now? Um, in not the so Ultimates much. comics, he is. Well, well, he, he, he showed he, up at the X-Men. Yeah, he's an X-Men when the, the Curse of the Mutants. Mm, the but Blade's never really had any like party affiliation, right? He's always been like a, a guy doing his own thing. For yeah. the most part, yeah. I mean, he's had team ups with pretty much everyone, but right, he kind of. He's never joined the Avengers or anything. No, right. he's, 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 he's too stayed, cool for that. Stayed in the shadows. <laughs> yeah, 
doing his own thing. Uh, should we talk about the Dark Knight trailer prologue? Yeah, sure. You guys, see have you guys seen the prologue? <laughs> I haven't seen the prologue, but I saw the trailer. We saw the prologue. Yeah, I saw the prologue. What did you think about the prologue, Gary? Um, I liked it. I felt that unlike the preview, the prologue for the previous one, you remember the bank robbery with the Joker? Joker yep. That this one kind of felt like that felt like it stood on its own. It was a good prologue and it was a nice set piece that stood on its own. It's almost like a short film. It was a film. bank robbery from beginning to end yeah. and then the movie kind of kicks in after that. Yeah. This piece is clearly part of a bigger story and so just kind of just carving it out of the movie like that and showing on its own, I felt like there wasn't very much context Apart from the very impressive aerial spectacle, I didn't really get what was, go- what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I am in, I know there's, people are very divided about this. I am in the camp of they need to make Bane more understandable. Yeah. Um, Chris Nolan, Nolan says he, he says, will yeah. not. Mm. Now, he said that he's going to alter it slightly, but yeah. probably not as much as the studio wants him yeah. to. I think for the first appearance of... I agree with you completely on that. I think the uh, electronic respirator, that effect, the voice sounds very cool. Yes. But it's kind of, I don't know, I don't know if Chris Nolan has a rule like there has to be one major character in every one of his movies that you can't understand a fucking word they're saying. Like <laughs> Ken Watanabe did that in, in Inception. <laughs> and now we've got this guy. Maybe it'll get James Earl Jones. In. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure they can make a minor no. tweaks to just the levels. And I'm, I mean, I, I've heard a lot of people saying it depends on the quality of the sound in your theater. And if people but are IMAX, talking... going to be the best. You'd think, and but the, pro- the, the the prologue is the worst because you've got the air. Yeah, you know, there's a plane with like the the back of it ripped mm-hmm. off, and there's right. air and like, engine um, sounds um, and, um, and um, over the top. Yeah, I mean, there were whole there were whole stretches of dialogue that he's saying that I couldn't understand a word. Right? Should they subtitle it? No, they should not subtitle it. Just just fix. Just the make levels. it. A t- you can have it be a tiny bit more understandable, yeah. or just don't have them talk a lot. Tiny bit less distorted. I really like that uh, Bane's accent. You can tell it's not Tom Hardy, where he's actually acting. Um, maybe so maybe he had a voice coach. Well, I'm, I know I'm sure it's it's him acting, but it doesn't sound like traditional mm-hmm. Tom Hardy, like British dude. Uh, it's Bane as you know someone from Central America. Some people still question that. That some people are like, like I'm not sure I can place where that accent's from. Well, it's not only the yeah, accent, I, mean, I, I couldn't but really tell. The, the way he's talking, mm-hmm. like the, the way his his like when like when the uh, his guy goes, you know, how we started the fire, and he goes, the fire rises, right? It's kind of like a luchador. Dude, which is what Bane was originally supposed mm-hmm. to be. Um, I do really like that the stunt they did was a parallel of the Dark Knight stunt. In in what sense? So remember Flipping the vehicle over? No, no, no. So remember in the Dark Knight uh, where he goes to Hong Kong and he has to grab that dude. Oh, the skyhook thing. And okay. it's a skyhook. Right. It's basically the same thing. He grabs right. Just dude. on a grander scale, yeah. And so it, it really sets up that parallel between Batman and Bane as Bane being the and, darker and, and part of, of what I love about Chris Nolan is that he really likes to use practical effects you know? oh, yeah. and you can tell the difference you, mm-hmm. as great as CG is you can still tell when something is CG and oh, yeah. because he doesn't use it hardly at all and when he does use it it's for very subtle things like wire removal and stuff like that he's yeah. not actually creating CG images on screen did they tear a plane apart for that? I don't know how they shot that I think they probably, they probably did and probably added some against some CG debris and stuff but, but like that but do you think that. it's real plane or like a Fiberglass. Anyway. I'm sure it's yeah. something they it's mocked probably up, like a scale model. Or... So good, uh, and you could tell his his uh, his discomfort with CG because in the actual trailer, when you have the football field collapsing, right. yeah. that's the worst part of the trailer. Yeah, mm-hmm. that looks the worst. That'll get that'll get cleaned up. I said, okay, let's talk about that scene. So the, the guy's running, 
Yeah. And he keeps running when the, I mean it's like I think you don't football, feel, player, football you don't helmet, yeah. roar of the crowd, running to the I, running I to the end zone. Before, I, 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 think, I I'm willing to buy it I don't know, for the sake I, of the, the, I'm the gag. Thinking back to my days of football, if, if you'd feel a vibration or something I don't know. Look, once once you dress, once you dress line. a guy up like a bat and have him flying around, you, you kinda have to buy into the whole package, <laughs> yeah. don't you? Yeah. Also if you felt the ground collapsing like behind you, your first instinct would be to stop running. But it's like he he's you know, he's just running and then he's like, <laughs> Oh, I got it's clear that he doesn't and then no. he, turns he doesn't know he doesn't know what's like, happened until he turns. How come no yeah. one tackled me? Right. He's like, Where did everyone go? And, no, I kind of, I kind of, I, I didn't have a big problem. I know, some, I know some people part. Part. I, I'm better. I'm, I'm glad that he didn't actually like do like a dance at the end and then turn around, <laughs> right? Like his touchdown <laughs> dance, and, then and it falls in. Yeah, um, he makes it, and then he he dies at the end. So a lot of things happen in the trailer. Uh, you realize Batman is injured seriously at some point in the movie because he's walking with a cane. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just that that in that whole part where Bane's talking to me, he's like, "You'll when when Gotham is ashes." You have my yeah. I mean, clearly at some point, so Bane he, kicks he's the shit like, out of he's, he's Lander. It's like he can't move, and he's just. He's there, I mean, that's the thing that Bane is most famous for, right? Is mm-hmm. fucking up Batman more yep. than anyone yep. else ever did. So presumably, if he's going to be in this movie, there's going to be some version of that happening. Yeah. There's the scene in the the teaser that came out well before, like a couple of months ago, where like you see Batman like staggering backward while Bane is like advancing on. Oh him yeah, like like, Bane looks seconds. like he's just ready for round two, yeah. and Batman's all like, "Can we get a timeout? <laughs> yeah. Like you were, yeah. I'm already kind of beat up here." So can't wait for that. Um, you notice that, uh, and of course the po- that new poster they revealed yep. indicates yeah, heavily that Batman's mask. gonna get fucked up as well. And that broken mask is actually not just for the poster; it's in the movie. The right. mask comes off right. and it's it's shattered. Um, there are more tumblers. So remember, in the first Batman, the Batmobile is a Wayne Tech design. Yeah, so, it's meant to now, jump across all those desert bridges. Now, right. presumably in rivers. the story, if they have, they presumably licensed that technology out. Mm-hmm. That that has that has to be done through like shadow companies or something, Not because otherwise it's too obvious that wait, Wayne Enterprises has this. I guess they could say they reverse engineered it from having seen Batman's or something. How do, how do they? Unless they do, where's the deniability? Unless there? they do Batman Inc. or, or maybe someone, stole someone the plans, could have stole Batman. stole and, them and, from and, you know the uh, the Wayne Industries, you know all, all their what storage. I'm what I'm thinking happens is you know so we have this eight year period which we don't know where exactly that fits in. If it's eight years from the last movie, if eight right. years passes during a movie, because if if ba- if Batman does get his back broken. That there's got to be some time where he has to heal, and we see him in a prison, so we we assume that he's spent some time there. There's a there's a period where he's like, yeah, like so, in Superman so, two, where like he's kind of out of the picture. Yeah, so right? w- the way I, I see it is is you know Batman and Bruce Wayne are out of the picture, so probably Wayne Tech, whoever steps up to to lead, they're probably like, we need to make some money, let's sell this, you know, or license this to the government. But again, how do you create the? Well, because because Lucius Fox was you know. You know, Morgan Freeman was developing all this stuff. Right, but then, how, but then how does how do how do you explain when they presumably come to Lucius Fox or whoever's running around Enterprise? Like, how like, how, is, a break how in. is it that you have the same vehicles that Batman drives? There's a break in, and 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 how many people actually know what the Batmobile looks like? You well, know, remember it's not, the last not like movie, there's Polaroid pictures of it. No, remember in the last movie with that accountant? He's like he dug up the design. He's like, oh, yeah, they shot know. him up pretty quickly. Yeah. right. It's like you know, Batman's driving our cars. Uh-huh. That's hilarious. Made the connection. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure just, that'll have to be. There'll be. Yeah. A, there'll be a line or some kind of throwaway moment where they address that because yeah. otherwise, I feel like it feels like a bit yeah, of a but, hanging thread. Well, hopefully, but they'll to, do something. But to speak to the CG, there's one shot of the bat. So the Batmobile now flies. Yeah, the Batwing was the very last shot. I don't know if it's the same vehicle or or if it adapts. It looks similar. It's, it's, it's looks of, very, it looks, looks, looks of the bigger. same family of design. Yeah. I don't know if it's a separate vehicle or not, but the point I was going to make is that rather than create that as a, C, as a CG vehicle, what Nolan did, because yeah, I remember seeing the behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. footage, yeah. and you can see it clearly now, 
that you know they built a real thing and ran it down the street on cranes and wires mm-hmm. and stuff and then digitally removed the wires yep. and the result is it looks mo- much more real i think mm-hmm. than a cg version it of it looks like it has momentum done. yeah like right it looks oh. like it's actually in the frame in a way yeah. that cg just doesn't and like a vehicle isn't as crazy maneuverable as like a cg plane would be which like sh- tells you how fake around. it like, is like how yeah. the, the ships yeah. will be in the avengers like, when they shot that <laughs> in, i think chicago uh, and they had that on wires. There were accidents with that Batwing. They were like yeah. dragging it around on cranes. It was knocking <laughs> over signs and stuff. Yeah, so it's it's a real solid object. Yeah, and you, and, and and I'm glad they do it that way because I really think you can tell CG is doing has been doing some amazing things. But you yeah. can still kind of see when something is fake. And mm-hmm. I think I think Chris Nolan knows that. He's like, let's just make it. Let's do it for real. Let's mm-hmm. just build like a rotating that. hallway. Surprisingly, <laughs> little Batman. In the, it didn't really feel like that much of a Batman movie to me. I think because I don't think they. I mean, I know it's only Batman. the teaser. There's obviously going to be more trailers to come, but yeah. but that's the thing. If he does get broke, how long? You know, is he out of the picture? And what know. do you what do you think about the theory that Nolan will just kill him off at the end of this? No, movie? He won't do that. No. I don't know. I've read, I've read some convincing theories because there's a lot of theories running well. around about what JGL's real role in the movie is, mm-hmm. and there's a theory that he may step up. And and you know uh, don the cowl in in you know in Bruce Wayne's absence because here's, here's the bigger question which I think is very interesting I think Warner Brothers have got a real challenge ahead once mm-hmm. Nolan steps down and Bale goes with him because Bale's not going to mm-hmm. continue without Chris Nolan what do you then do you're coming off the three three fantastically because I'm pretty I think it's feel like I say something in this next one's going to make money fantastically successful franchise quality wise probably the most the best reviewed franchise in in superhero history. How do you then follow that? Do you continue find another filmmaker that's willing to put his head in the guillotine and continue the Nolan verse, nope. or do you no, re- or just, do you or do you reboot? Don't reboot. reboot, just like with Spider Man. Because both of those kind of feel like a poison chalice to me. Yeah, like, how do you follow what yeah. Nolan did? Well, it, it's just like the, the with the animated series. You know, so in nineties you had Batman the animated series. You know, the the Bruce Timm, Paul Dini, you know, everyone loved it. And the way it, it it's now, it's like. They're they're set to be limited runs, you know, like whether it's sixty five episodes or twenty, you know. So you're getting these these shorter running animated series, and what they've been doing with Batman is like you know each one is completely different, you know, like like the current Batman Brave and the Bold is you know from the Silver Age, it's it's, it's campy, right? And the next one's going to be a lot darker. So I I think they'll just take it and. and have a different approach to Batman and not try to. Well, that's the thing. So I mean, I, they I, did. They did. The, they've been to both ends of the spectrum right now. They went. They they had the Joel Schumacher crazy camp, <laughs> rubber nipples, all that business, <laughs> and then Nolan goes in the complete other direction. Super, super grounded, super real. Yep. To the point where it almost doesn't. Again, it doesn't. It doesn't always feel like a Batman movie until Batman actually shows. Oh shit! This is a Batman movie. Mm-hmm. I forgot Batman's running around in this very real seeming world. Um, and so maybe the the creative direction going forward is like somewhere in the middle, like yeah, still kind I of so. grounded, but like you can have a bit more, allow us have a bit more fun with it. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah. That's what the Tim Burton movies were actually in the middle. I feel like because you had like Joker with his giant pistol, you had Penguin with Prince's like, weaponized music. penguins, or yeah. they finally do what I think Marvel has obviously done such a much better job of, and find some way to integrate them. And if the Zack Snyder mm-hmm. Superman movie takes off. Maybe you find a way to integrate a new Batman into that and finally mm-hmm. do some crossover stuff, which DC, I think, is Marvel's oh, really yeah. embarrassed them, I think. They, they, how they, well they they've do been that. pretty, they, yeah, they've been adamant that they want to focus on individual characters, that they don't want to bring them all together, which is, is, is unfortunate because you take someone like Wonder Woman, you know, great character. I don't, I don't think she could ever have her own movie. You know, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. If anyone's willing to invest in that, you know, studios, they're going to take the risk. 
I mean, if you look at a TV show, they couldn't even get get that going. Well, that's the that's the difficulty. You've got to have a grand strategy that is year, looks years ahead, the mm-hmm. way the Marvel Studios have had. Like they've made they've ensured that all the different movies, like Thor and Captain America, Iron Man, all kind of have the same tone. Mm-hmm. And so when you bring them together, it it feels like that's a natural progression, yeah. and that's very cool. It's impossible for me to imagine Superman showing up in Chris Nolan's universe, Batman mm-hmm, yeah. universe, right? It doesn't. It's too crazy, and the, yeah. and that world is too real. So you have to kind of reboot everything on the same kind of tonal level to be able to cross them over. Superman's and if Avengers right makes place. huge amounts of money, I guarantee you Warner Brothers will start thinking more about it. And it bums me out. C- characters showing up in each other's stories and stuff. That's one of the great fun mm-hmm. things about comics. And Marvel, like with that moment when you see like the Captain America shield in Iron Man, everyone yep. goes, yay! Like, it's <laughs> great fun for comics fans. Mm-hmm. I don't know why in the, the DC universe won't let us have that fun. Originally... Um in Green Lantern, there was going to be a like a Clark Kent cameo or a mention or something like that. Um, Mark Guggenheim, who was one of the, the the writers, mentioned that like a year or two before the movie came out, and then right. they just said, "No, we're not." And, that, do that. and that's the crazy thing is that you can. It only takes a little tiny droplet to really give comics fans yep. orgasms. Like in the in the next Batman, in the in the next Nolan Batman movie. You don't have to. You don't ever have to see Superman. If, if Commissioner Gordon just someone says something about Clark Kent or something going on in Metropolis, mm-hmm. fans will fucking freak out. That's yeah. all it takes is one yeah. tiny little yeah. d- acknowledgement. Have, have a Daily Planet sitting yeah. on a table. Or yes, yeah. it's all it takes, and mm-hmm. people are freeze framing it, going fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. What does this mean? Give us a little bit of that sweet nectar. Why and it's not even that? like there are legal problems to that. Like with Marvel, it was harder because before Marvel Studios was around, they licensed Sony owned Spider Man, Universal, right. Spider Man and X Men all belong right. to yeah. different studios, Fox, right? WB owns everything right. with DC. Right. But, so but, they have, but they have the complete ability to do it. The other problem is they don't have as much bench strength as Marvel does. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess, you know, there's, they came pretty close to doing a, a Justice League movie, right? Yeah, George Miller. Yep. Which, again, is like, yeah, I, maybe you have to treat it like comics and say, look, this is the Batman. We have different universes in comics. You've got the Ultimates universe. We've got this other thing going on over here. So, okay, here's the Nolan universe and here's the Zack Snyder Superman universe. But we can also do something completely different with different versions of both characters. Going, going back, mainstream public won't accept that though. But they'll be confused. Yeah, maybe. So confused. Even though um, Warner Brothers owns it all, there there are some legal trickery within them because the the longest time with the Smallville TV show, you know, they wanted to bring in Bruce Wayne in there, but the, for whatever reason, they couldn't. They weren't allowed to, even though they own both characters. But Smallville did have a lot of other DC. Characters they had other ones, but, but they couldn't do that. And, and same thing with with Wonder Woman. You couldn't have her because I think someone owned like licensing rights or something like that like for toy rights there's or, different there's, intricacies yeah, like so like you may be able to do it in the movies but like someone still got the rights to bruce yeah, wayne so they, in they, tv they, they, or they something couldn't like do that, that. Mm. and even with the an- animated show because there's a, a a teen titans um television show that had four seasons what i heard is they end up canceling that so they could have robin appear in the in the batman cartoon or you know something like that so they they weren't allowed to have the character in two different shows which i think that's that's changing now but it's just. I mean, part, I mean, I think part of the problem is, and maybe this is why it's legitimate to have two very different strategies, is that Marvel has this kind of universal strategy, right? Where all the movies, they very carefully make sure that they all have the, a similar tone so that when you meld them together, it feels like it's a natural progression. DC, by, by sacrificing that, at least gives themselves the autonomy to say, well, look, with Batman, we feel like this is the direction to go in. Nolan, very dark, very gritty. It's not appropriate for Superman. We're going we're gonna to take a different direction than Superman. They can't cross over because of that, but it means that each movie can really be its own thing and yeah. not have to feel like it's servicing a, a bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people say Captain America this year was just you know, a prologue to the Avengers movie, the entire movie. 
Yeah, I mean, it was called The First Avenger. Yeah. I mean, it was, but I still really liked it. And I, I, I do think that some of the success for Thor was because people knew it was going to tie into Captain America and the Avengers. Because I don't, I, and a lot of people don't agree with me, but I don't think Thor, the character, is like a, a household name. Like something no, that not was, at all. everyone's like, I want to go see the Thor movie. And people, they, they no, it's probably know, the least known yeah. of all the major comic book heroes. They might know the movies. mythology and everything like that, but they don't know. I mean, Captain America is more well known than. But Unless then you're people a fan say, of Adventures in Babysitting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I, I, I think the fact that they tied them all together helped it a lot. And if DC would, or Warner Brothers would have done the same thing, I think, well, maybe not, but maybe Green Lantern could have been a little. So maybe I'll just carry on the way the way it is. You know, the, so the Superman, hopefully, they're, obviously they're going to reboot that yet again, and hopefully that will be good in its own right. And I think I, I, I think the Batman problem is a, is it's a real problem just because how do you follow something that was that well that that well liked. I, I'm I, that good. I always felt like what they should have done is is do like the James Bond, you know, theory or whatever plan where you just just do the move. Don't retell the origin every every three movies. You know, just well that's why bring, in, a, bring in another actor and just continue. and that's why the new Spider Man movie irritates me. They're really going to do the like the the, the, they, the, they the body of the last they, franchise is not even cold yet, and they're going to do the origin again. They're not doing they've and that's that's why i think they couldn't do both a justice league batman and a nolan batman at the same time all the interviews that they've done for the amazing spider-man movie mark webb has had to come out and say we are not we're rebooting you know they've had to address the the sam raimi trilogy and say oh we're not stepping on their toes yes it's an origin <laughs> that's only a little bit of it and we're telling this other big story with gwen stacy which was never done but in, originally in movies. they said that this movie was going to fit in with that, there's there's no way See, because the, he didn't know Gwen Stacy yeah. in high school or yeah. whenever it was, so they're full of it. I just kind of why they why they feel the need. I mean, we everybody you don't have to be a comics fan to know that Peter Parker got bit by a radioactive spider and turned into Spider Man. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we need yet another take on it. The, the, the problem is oftentimes when you do these origin stories, it's kind of like the pilot for a TV episode. Like you've got to use up so much time mm-hmm. setting, getting just getting us to the point where we can now go it, off and have an adventure. It does slow down the movie. And Spider-Man, you've got a great opportunity because everyone does, not like Thor, everybody knows mm-hmm. the origin of Spider-Man, probably better than any other superhero. Mm-hmm. So just jump right in. I, I, if I remember correctly, I think it was Spider-Man 2 that they, they basically retold the origin during the opening credits. This was they exactly, had, they had was, Alex Ross art, and they just basically, here's what happened in the first movie, here's what you need to know. It was and, just over the opening titles, yeah, right? And and that's plenty of time because you know opening credits can be. Well, did really you long. did you hear David Finch's comments about that yep, recently? I was I was just going to bring that up. So he, well, he said he was going to do a ten minute origin, like a rock opera music video. Yeah, because yeah. we all know how well music and Spider Man goes together. Yep. Just ask <laughs> Bono on the Edge. Yeah. <laughs> so and I forget what else he said about what what he was going to do. With Wait, so he said he was going to condense the origin. Just into like that ten minute opening, and then just just go and forward. then jump on, which is again that maybe that's a good compromise. Uh, you know, like you say, deal with the origin, but move on because mm-hmm. it's kind of the least interesting part at this point. Um, but uh, beyond that, I don't think. I, I mean, obviously, I think everybody would be really interested to see his version. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What what uh, we talked about before and has never really been addressed. Originally, um, there was talk that Marvel planned on doing like ten minute shorts. Before their main features, oh. so they can take like some random character, some like and and kind of like introduce some. It, I think it would be a great test run. Like take that some, is like, a great like, like Moon Knight or bring back Daredevil. Just take some. Yeah. Random what do you character. do with all the characters that are like in the C and D list in your roster? Mm-hmm. Who, and yeah, it's like it, we want to do a movie. 
we don't know if people are going to buy it. Okay, people talking about it, and I'll let them maybe like, experiment with different So like directors. Luke Cage or someone yeah, like, like that. Luke do the Cage 10 minute Fist. short, yeah. Is, is, are people going to buy it? Black Panther or anything mm-hmm. that might be out there that they, they, they kind of want to yeah. you know, experiment I've with. Totally Gage reaction. Yeah. The only thing I, I think it'd be harder if they took someone like Luke Cage, who you know, doesn't wear a mask, and then if they say, okay, this, this works, we're going to make a movie, are they locked into that character? Can they that recast actor, yeah. Versus if they no, think, I think you'd look at it like a pilot, and you yeah. can go and retweak it. But then and you know, some whatever people, you want. people are going to have a fit. Like, what another actor people, already? Listen, it's a you know, a it's a value add for the movie. You know, like with Pixar, you know, it's exciting exactly. to go get the short mm-hmm. as well. Just yeah, yeah. So, no, it's a night. You know, it's a, it, again, like you say, introduce people to characters I may not know. Maybe even help sell comics. Mm-hmm. With a ten minute short, be like, oh well, I don't know much. Didn't know much. This Luke Cage guy, he seems pretty cool. And if they're doing production all at the same time, you have cameos. You know, they did the uh, they sort of tested the waters with that with the uh, Agent Coulson short on the Captain America. DVD. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of going in that direction to me on the way Just, to New Mexico. I, I think that would be a great thing to throw in the front yeah. of movies. I like that idea. What are, what are, what are some of the, the, the lower tier Marvel characters that you think are appropriate for that? Taskmaster or Moon Knight. <laughs> uh, well, Doctor Strange. I think they're definitely going to do a movie with that. Yeah, they want to do Iron him. Fist. What's the untitled Marvel movie for summer 2014? It's on the it's on the it's on the docket. Just I as, think there's, it's there's, just there's untitled Marvel. There's two of them, I think. Okay, they, 2014. Well, Thor is 2013. Yeah, that's no, that's be, the thing. There's there's no we don't know. I mean, right? You know, what, Cap, it's, I think it's Captain America and Iron Man. I actually think I might know what it is, but I can't say on the podcast. I'll tell you. I'll talk. To I know uh, Edgar Wright's still working on Ant Man. So still awesome. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I still hope we get irredeemable Ant Man out of that. I want to. I want the the goofy Eric O'Grady. Um, speaking of Avengers and Marvel, there is a German version of the trailer. Of the tiny, tiny, trailer. Bit, tiny bit new footage. Yes. Tiny bit of new footage. Yeah. Um, it every, helps. Every little bit of new footage is, is precious. It helps it's if more. you understand German to see. <laughs> there, there's a scene with Black Widow um, recruiting basically Bruce Banner, bringing him him in. Um, yeah, I think Mark Ruffalo is going to make a really good Bruce Banner. He plays I'm really excited about that, that yeah. component of that movie. Yeah, <clears throat> I like him better than and Edward Norton. I liked Ed Norton. I liked Ed Norton as well. Didn't love the movie, but I liked him as Bruce Banner. I thought I think yeah. I think he's the best of the movie Bruce Banners and, so yeah. far. But oh, I think Ruffalo is much better than Eric Banner. Than Eric Banner. Yeah. yeah. I, I think uh, we could t- totally easily have seen Edward Norton in the Avengers movie playing a very squirrely character and like you know next to these. Told you it would have been great to keep the continuity going, but I understand the reasons why they didn't go in that direction. Yeah. I think Ruffalo will be very good. And again, the joy for me, I watched, I rewatched that trailer again the other day, is you know just watching Tony Stark give him more shit. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just hilarious, and that's yep. why Joss Whedon's so perfect for it because those kind of put downs and that back and forth—that's exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's such a great line. Just take away the suit. What are you? Yeah. A, 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 bil- a billionaire, uh, billionaire genius, playboy philanthropist. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yep, I, that's 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 the case. Yeah. So, half a year from now. Yeah, next year's going to be amazing. Next year is going to be insane. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some comic ties to this, sort of. The Hobbit. Trailer's out. Um, I think it looks quite good. I did not realize how much I wanted this movie until I saw that trailer. You know, I'm... I'm like, yeah. I had a weird kind of delayed reaction to it. When I first saw it, the first evening it came out, I'm like... Yep, that's what these movies look like, and I'm like, exactly. you know, it's, okay, it's the Shire again. It, yeah, it's all the same stuff that I've seen, and you know, in, in, in even high fidelity, and the graphics are even better now. But it's like, I, okay, this just feels like the next chapter in a movie or the previous chapter in a movie, and it's a story I've already seen. Then I watched it again the next morning, and for some reason, it, it got me the second. I think it was that dwarven choir, like the, the dwarven yeah. singing is just really bad. There's a good montage yeah. when the the song kicks in high gear, 
And you have the horses going around. Yeah. And you have Kate Blanchett looking exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> and Ian McKellen looking the same. And I think Bilbo is very well cast as well. He's great casting for it. I think everyone's going to go and, and see and enjoy that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Splendor 2, it's part one. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just like, like okay, it's a year from now. I'm not going to. It is a year. I'm not going to think that. about it. I'm not going to start building and anticipate. I'm just like, okay. And yeah, I mean, you'll, I'll, I'll I mean, get you'll, later. I mean, you'll have seen Avengers, Dark Knight, Prometheus, oh, so much crazy shit before that comes mm-hmm. out that yeah, you can't even really factor it in right now. All right, speaking of Prometheus, I don't think is there a comic tie to this or not? Was it Aliens or there were there have been many Alien uh, comics. Yeah, but it is this Aliens. Yes, I'm not seeing any Aliens. <laughs> it in, in it, the... It's Aliens. Okay, it's not being called Aliens, but there are xenomorph type creatures in it. It's got the Geiger design. Yeah, where everything it looks the trailer looks really good. It le- I still haven't seen it because it, it dropped right. I, sorry, right I, I, I apologize. I hate when people use that. So when people say drop about something being released. I hate that. Um, when it when it came out today, there were there were a couple of bootleg versions, but a really shitty one and then a better one. I when it, if it's something I'm really excited for, I will always wait because mm-hmm. it's something the Dark Knight as well. There were some bootlegs of the trailer going around and of the prologue. If it's something that I don't understand the mentality. If it's if you're that excited to see it. Why don't just wait a couple of days and, and have your first experience with it be I think the re- beautiful and HD? Like, why do you want to watch the shitty version? Because people are going to talk about it, and, and as, as hard as you try to avoid it, they're going to tell you, at the, at the end, this happens, and it's really cool. And, you know, that, that, that kind of ruins Or for the same reason that on, like, message board threads, people will say first. Like, everyone wants to I know, first people, to people, see I it. know, but I just, I just think I, I, I think it's, no, I'm on your side. I think it's I think totally it's, skewed. No, I think, yeah. I think Like, it's if somebody you. had the whole movie of The Dark Knight on, like, a shitty camcorder version, you wouldn't want to, no, you no, wouldn't no, want no. to watch that. Yeah, anyway. Even, even anyway. Wolverine, <laughs> when that, oh, yeah. that came out, I, I did not watch. I didn't want to watch that, even though, you know. Yes. Yeah, so, so, but it, but it doesn't apply to trailers when people are just so keen to see what the look of the movie is or like what some of the elements might be. And I, th- I yeah, I don't know. I mean, like with with the the Batman prologue, you you know you have to you have to find an IMAX theater that's actually showing it because not all IMAX you know theaters. Right. So that's you, you actually so don't something have... like that. Some people are like, well, there's no IMAX theaters in my neighborhood. Or Did anywhere. the last prologue eventually go online? No. Okay, so there's no pro- so it's like you either see it now or you don't see yeah. it until a movie comes so out. So I, I right. think I think that's that's the reason for that. Yeah, it's something like a trailer. It's like, can you wait a day or not? I I, I think it all. Yeah. So all like depends. with Prometheus, people are watching the shitty bootleg, and I'm like, it comes out in two days. I can totally wait and watch the good version. I think they just they those diehard people. Don't want such avoid. a big deal out of this trailer. I though. mean, trailers, One, three trailers three, for a trailer, yeah, for a yeah. teaser trailer. That's a minute long. <laughs> A minute nine seconds long. There were three thirty-second teasers for it. Looks pretty spectacular, though. Looks really good. Yeah. When's that come out? Uh, that is six August, I uh, believe. Is August? And no, it's either June. I think it's June. June twelfth. I think it's yeah. I think it's right. I think it's, it comes out in June. So no. Yeah. Comic Con. No. That'll be done. Done by then. Yeah. WonderCon maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, what about Tintin? That opened up this week. Yeah, Tony, uh, we saw that yep. on uh, Saturday. Mm-hmm. It's good. I very much enjoyed I didn't, it. I didn't love it, but I thought it was really good. I thought it was really good. And I, I'm going to see it uh, on Monday with my daughter. I think watching that makes me want to rewatch or watch for the first time the old, the animated Tin Tins. Yeah, the first season's out on DVD. There's a lot of movies I'll go see just because of the director. I wasn't particularly interested in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, but I went to see it because I'll watch anything David Fincher does. Yeah. And the same is true of, of, of Spielberg. So even though I, don't, I didn't, never grew up, I was aware of the fact that Tintin existed, but mm-hmm. I didn't grow up on it. Um, never really read the books. Don't care about the character, but I'll see it because it's Spielberg. 
Um, and it does seem from what I've – you guys would know this better than I've seen the whole movie – that they have, they've managed to avoid that puppet, dead-eyed puppet Zemeckis oh, yeah. problem. Yeah, they I mean, actually they actually do look the look of it looks great. They really do look like the comic yeah. book characters that yeah. have been brought into kind of three D life. Yeah, and they did motion capture, which with the is really and... difficult. Like those characters have such a distinct look with so few lines in the comic. Yeah, uh, to add texture to the faces and depth. No, they did, I think they did a terrific job. Yeah, and and the story. I mean, you could see that you know Spielberg had a blast doing these, like especially the one huge action scene that, you know, something that he could, couldn't do right. regardless of, you know, where, whatever live action technology is. I mean, just, just pretty much over the top and, and a lot of slap, slapstick. Yeah. yeah. And it, it is, um, there are a lot of elements to true to the, the comic. Um, they, they change some things, which I, I think some people, well, the story is like a, a an amalgam of different books, three different right? books. Yeah. And, and a lot of it is like, like, the whole market scene when he, you know, he first gets the ship that you see in the trailers, you know, and there's this, you know, this pickpocket storyline. I mean, all that is, is straight, you know, from there. And so there's like scenes that are almost, you know, identical. So, I mean, it was a great job and just uh, converting it from 2D to CG, you know. They, Did you see it in 3D? Yeah. yeah. How, how was that experience? I, I was I not, uh, not distracting. Okay. See, that's I, a, I mean, that's and that's the highest compliment yeah, exactly. that there is for 3D. Right? I, I, I'm not. I'm not anti 3D. I I don't have any problems. I don't get headaches. I don't. I I don't think I've ever been bothered by a 3D movie. Like I know some people just hate it. They can't stand it. Or they get headaches or. No, I don't it's get not so much. Either. I just I just think it makes the yeah. movie look worse. Eh. Yeah. The only the only thing is like what, where I, I think I really noted it was in Thor. When they're like out in the desert, and you know, because everything's darker, or even like like Green Lantern, you know, it's supposed to be a bright movie, but you know, the it's got that tint. So maybe they need to start making movies brighter. If they're well, be in 3D so or... Michael Bay, when he did Transformers Three, which was shot natively in three D, at least had the sense to shoot everything very bright, mm-hmm. almost no night scenes, everything everything in broad daylight, very very bright environments, very colorful. So the three D doesn't you know and 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 they and they really kind of turned up the the wattage on the yeah. bulbs as well on the projectors yeah. to kind of get over get past that feeling that you're watching a movie with sunglasses yeah. on yeah. it's going to be more difficult with movies like so they just announced uh, this week that star trek uh is going to be in post-converted 3d which a lot of people mm-hmm. are unhappy about yeah and you know it's a movie that's set mostly in outer space mm-hmm. so you know there's a lot you know that's there's a lot of darkness prometheus Shot natively in 3D. Again, you don't even have to look at that trailer. That's a very dark movie. That's a challenge. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you make it work in 3D without you know losing uh, you know fidelity or you know, being to see what's going on? Yeah. So so Tintin's good, I would say. Um, Surprising. It's it's a family movie, but there's some violence. There's alcohol. There's killing. There's shooting. Illusion to bestiality. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, Whoa. So, but I, I I still think it's it's a all age movie. I mean, all that stuff was in the original yeah. stuff, and, yeah. and even in the cartoon to some extent. And, and and it's 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 not gratuitous. I mean, even though it's there, it's like you know there was an episode where you know Tintin's accused of being an opium you know smuggler, and <laughs> you know, kids have no idea what that means. So I thought it was, it was all handled well. Um, speaking of Star Trek, so yeah, it's going to be shot in film, converted to three D. Um, there's also, as of now, no original series cast members. Making mm-hmm. any appearances that you know that could change, but and it seems I think yeah you know, after Spock just yeah move forward yeah I mean you got Shatner who won't do yeah. it and you know how how would you even make that work you could you know looks like the guy who ate Kirk <laughs> yeah uh, Bruce Greenwood's coming back which mm-hmm. I'm really happy about that guy is I interviewed him for yeah. when he he voiced Batman and that guy's hilarious I really like him so, yeah we'll see. 
and they're just talk like you know the villains. You know, we still there's going back and forth who's going to be the villain and creating a new villain, and so we'll just we'll see. Um, Arkham City video game. So some new stuff came out. Um, not really new. So we got new packs are available, which are kind of a deal. So you can get like the the Arkham pack or I forget what they're calling it where you, you can get all the skins you can get um robin and nightwing it's like cheaper than if you would have got them individually um there's a, a map challenge map pack so you can go to different uh, the iceberg lounge bat cave stuff like that you can get a batman incorporated skin for free hmm. maybe that's the maybe that's the movie direction going forward is something more like what they've done with these arkham games which feel very comic booky but not you know not Schumacher nonsense, yeah. you know. That's it. Seems like a Zack Snyder type movie. Yeah, yeah. With well, that's a really big dude. Yeah, with the finishing moves. Yeah, the lot, lots of punching, slow motion. Oh, and remember to go check on Julian Day at Christmas. There's an achievement for visiting Calendar Man on every holiday, major holiday. Yeah, I missed oh. a. <laughs> I missed a Halloween. Mm. Was there a thing? Yeah, there was a Halloween Thanksgiving. It's going to be one for every month, I think. Yeah, because someone's like they messaged me to like. Go go find you know, Calendar Man. I was like, I already did, mm. and then I was like, Oops. <laughs> um, maybe bad news. Um, Green Lantern Two domain was re-registered by WB. Mm. That could just be them sitting on it. Though. Yeah, gosh, I'm sure there is. But I don't see them making that movie. If they if they do, I think it'll be a very different kind of movie, and I don't think it'll be anything like as expensive. I think they well, made one big gamble on Green oh, Lantern that didn't that pay sucks. off. But and now it's a question of whether or not they want to try it again in a different way. Did anyone think there'd be a sequel to G.I. Joe? That movie made money. G.I. Joe was very successful, though. It's easy to look down on. Yeah. But you've got to remember the difference is that G.I. Joe is just totally for kids. Yeah. Transformers made, is a billion-dollar movie franchise. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't, I don't know if Green Lantern can be salvaged or not. I don't think so. If they cut the budget, I, I think, I, I think if they were going to, I think at this point, given that there's not a lot of goodwill coming off the first movie, in fact, probably quite the opposite, that if they were going to try again, they would have to wait a while, mm-hmm. let the let the dust settle, and come at it with a different different actor, different complete reboot, do it all over again, kind of like what Marvel is is doing now with some of its other characters, that, like like they did with the Incredible Hulk, just do it all, just mm-hmm. do it all over again. Yeah, because I mean, there's been talk they want to focus on Sinestro in a sequel, but it's, eh. it's not going to happen. All right, should we talk about the top 50 moments in comics according to Comic Vine? Yeah, so if you've been reading Comic Vine, which I'm sure you have been past few weeks the podcast, uh, we've been posting our top 50 greatest moments in comic book history, um, 10 every week. And we were very clear that these weren't necessarily the 10 most important moments or the 10 you know, most shocking moments, but the 10 greatest moments, moments that made you go, whoa, like, that's pretty awesome. I can't believe they did that. Uh, stand out, great moments. And so we, uh, the, the final 10, number 10 to 1, mm-hmm. were posted this week. Mm-hmm. I, I, I haven't looked at your list, and I didn't even know this is something you were doing, but yeah. since you pose it, yeah. I immediately think I know what mine is. And I'd be interested to know. So I, exactly. I, I'm, I'm certain it's got to be in your top 10. Because so, it's a pretty big one. What do you think so, it is? So l- l- yeah, what would your like five? Well, no, I mean, there, there, are, there are others that I can think of. Yeah. But the one that immediately, because I, 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 when you said that, I was like, well, okay, what would mine be real quick? And it took me for about five seconds, I was kind of flitting around going, I don't know what. And then one just hit me like a, 
I was like, it's my personal favorite. Okay. It's a pretty big one as well. But I don't know if it would where it would be on your list. Don't don't. I'm not, I'm not gonna. So what do you think? So, yeah, go ahead, tell us. Batman and Superman fight at the end of Dark Knight Returns. Okay, we'll see if that's on the list. Wait, are we not revealing? Or should we? I mean, should yeah, we? Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Should, dude, should I go through all 50? We don't have to go through all 50, but we need to, have a, we need to point out some, some of the highlight ones. reel. Yeah, exactly. Um, that and, is I can, that- and I can tell you specifically the moment within it. I mean, it's really the whole thing. It's everything from Superman shooting down the word where in fucking fire from outer space. Like, and, and Batman tells, he says, Crime Alley. Like, everyone would be going, fuck, like, maybe this was a bad idea. When you write out the challenge in fire from space, maybe I shouldn't have asked you out for a fight. Um, but it's specifically the moment where Green Arrow hits him with the Kryptonite mm-hmm. Arrow. And you go, oh, that's what he's doing. And he says the whole thing about it wasn't easy to synthesize. It took billions, but it took billions and cost, you know, decades. I, I had both of those things. I I just love that that, that whole is fight. number one and and the final and the final thing when you know when when they and Superman kind of says don't touch him at the end like he's earned his respect is it your number one yep. it is number oh, one oh yay my comic credibility <laughs> is, is, is is sustained That's not good. only a perfect piece of writing but it also for the first time when that came out answered who's yeah, better who Batman or Superman. It was the f- comic fantasy fight because you come at that as a writer or just someone thinking about comics like how do you possibly have it be anything how can it possibly be anything other than superman exactly and you've you got to go to what bruce's strengths are right which is genius outthinking him and i and, and yeah. although it's a shame but what else are you gonna do kryptonite it's all you can do mm-hmm. it's, it's awesome. I, lo- I love yeah, the fact that he built it's that great. incredible power suit of armor knowing that all it needed to do was keep him alive for about <laughs> maybe a minute mm-hmm. that's all it was going to ever going to be able to do yep so just by uh just shock him with the electricity of an entire city yeah yeah. Yep. Yeah. Do we want to talk about That's any of these others? Now that we've, oh, yeah, other like when he, like, he squirts him in the face with acid, he goes like, "That should buy me a few seconds." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Such a great fight. I'm glad that's your number one. Good. Good choice. We'll see if people agree with us. Uh, some highlights. So things that obviously made the list: um, Ozymandias in Watchmen, the reveal, reveal the, the reveal. reveal. I did it ten minutes ago. Yeah, whatever. Oh, it is. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a good one. That, that line when he says reveal. like, what do, you, "What do you think? I'm like a, a comic villain. Like, will I tell you this stuff if you had any chance of stopping it? I already did it. Yeah, yeah that's a great line. Yeah, that's in the movie, right? They kept that in the movie. Yes. Yeah, no, the right. line has changed. In oh. the movie, he says, "What do you think? I'm I'm not your typical comic book villain. Right, so, right, right. But in the so, comic, he says he's like, like a Republic serial villain, something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Still a great moment. Yeah, it is. That that is way up there. Um, Not so much the squid itself, but but that no, moment. But yeah. Yes. yeah, the realization that as heroes you can't do anything. It's it's a trick in storytelling. And also similar to that is like as Ozymandias is like explaining his whole plan and just effortlessly fighting off Rorschach all <laughs> yeah. the time yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. I forgot about that. that See was if you really can catch good. the bullet. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know the, if you could do that. Catching. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so that's what, on your what, list what, as well. What's that? What else? Um, do we have the Avengers finding Captain America? Mm-hmm. Frozen. And Captain then, America, this is Avengers issue number four. How, they, how long ago is this? 60, well, 1963, Yeah, because when the Avengers came out, I don't know if people knew that Captain America was, I mean, if that was going to be part of the team. Right. And this is obviously a big thing in, in unifying the way, Avengers. Captain America is not a founding member of the Avengers. No, no. he's not. <laughs> no. he says, but in the movie, says he's the first Avenger. <laughs> I'm confused. <That's> the, <laughs> uh, Death of Phoenix. Definitely, yep. Yeah. Her, her Shocking and important. Suicide. Um, Clark revealing his identity to Lois. That was something that's, that was in the making for, you know, decades. Yeah. Oh, I've got one. 
Uh, I don't know. This would probably be further down your list because it's not like epically awesome, but it's one of, from one of my favorite uh, series is um, Welcome Back, Frank, when uh, Frank kicks the shit out of Daredevil. <laughs> Remember that one? I do. Oh, he beats him up. He, he uses a sonic scrambler and then yeah. he, he ties him up. And I think he, that, was, that was number he, 51. He, he, he blinds him with the sonic <laughs> boom thing and then ties him up and he's going to shoot someone across the street. He's like, you, you, you don't have the balls to do what I do, which is make the choice morally that I'm going to kill to, yeah. to do what I want. And like forces him to confront his own morality. It's, it's a cool scene. Any other moments in the 50 that you want to call out? Uh, Anything with Hush? Because that would probably be... Up there, just even the storyline because I really love the, that storyline. We got the, 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 uh, the Batman, f- and Cat Batman Catwoman, kiss. okay. The kiss, um, um, oh, fighting. I've got one killing joke at the beginning when Batman is talking to Joker in Arkham Asylum and he realizes it's not really the Joker and he pulls him across the table and put on, and, take, and takes the paint off his face. He's like, Where is he? I can't, oh. do, the, I can't do the Christian Bale voice, <laughs> but you, realize, you that realize moment? that the Joker's had a stooge in Arkham Asylum being yeah. him oh. the whole time, okay. Yeah. That's Killing that's Joke, right? Good. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's absolutely we, we had a different moment in The Killing Joke. It's where at the end of The Killing Joke, Batman and Joker share the laugh. They, they share uh, a joke. Right. Yes. I mean, all of The Killing Joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joker Fantastic. finally cracks him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Batman, okay, Batman punching Guy Gardner in the face. <laughs> killing Joke, down. by the way, also has one of the best Joker origins as well. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Great Joker origin. I mean, yeah. it's the one we all know. It's just, it's just done really well. But it doesn't hold. It doesn't? We don't know. What do you mean? We don't know if it's still canon. It, or oh, they, right. No, he doesn't even know if that was his oh, origin. Because he right. even said it at the end, he's like, oh, I get, get confused. That was, that was the genius of the Dark Knight, the movie, when he tells the origin story. And I'm like, oh, don't tell the story. It's better if we don't know. And then mm-hmm. he tells a different story later mm-hmm. on. And he realizes, oh, I see what you're doing. Yep. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wolverine getting adamantium taken off. Yes. Magneto <laughs> ripping through his all of Wolverine's metal from his bones. Oh, my God. Yeah. How does he get it back? Regrafted, yeah. comic book, extremely painful. Right, right. But it's one of those like no brainers. Like Magneto, hello, I control all metal, and Wolverine. Well, they did it metal. in the movie as well, right? Right, but they didn't have all metal torn. No, from but his they because I always wondered. I mean, I presume they've done this in the comics. I always wondered what would happen. Like, presumably they've done Iron Man versus Magneto. Right? What does he have? Like carbon fiber armor or something? Yeah, it's, it's rubber or carbon fiber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Plastic. It's, it's all plastic. The invincible rubber. See, this proves that the great, the the, the best superpower of all. Is one that is actually within our grasp, which is intelligence. Mm-hmm. That's, I, that's I've said that all the time. If, if you are a super genius, you can come up with something f- for everything. Yeah, there's a reason why Batman is the most potent mm-hmm. guy in the Justice League because he's smarter than everyone else. There's a reason why Tony Stark is who he is. There's a reason why Lex Luthor is am- you know, among the mo- most formidable villains because they're super smart. Uh, symbiote. The, the yes. Venom suit when Spider-Man first finds out it's, it's, your favorite it's, it's, it's alive. Yeah, so remember when Spider-Man got the black costume in brings it uh, Secret Wars? Secret Wars, right. right. And he comes back and the, the suit has a secret. It's alive. <laughs> Reed Richards is like, take it off. It's alive. It's trying to bond with you. And he's like, That ah. was crazy. I would, uh, I'd put the last panel of Watchmen in there as well. The last panel I leave it entirely Watchmen? in your hands. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I remember just staring at the last panel of that. The first time I read it for like 10 minutes going, fuck. <laughs> that was Hell so yes. good. And actually, that was a moment that was created really well in the, in the, the movie, too. They, they recreate. They, they, I mean, that was one of those things where, like, again, like if, if you're Zack Snyder and you're trying to you yeah. know, stay faithful, it's like that's one of the shots you got to have. Yeah. First 10 so, minutes of that movie was really good. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Watchmen with the whole, like, with, with the history. Over, yeah, over the the opening yeah, ironically, changing. the part of the movie that is least from the comics, yeah. right? That's yeah. the only part they right. really created from whole cloth. Yeah. Right. 
It's from a lot of the, the book stuff. Uh, read the list. It's on comicvine.com. Uh, yep, all 50 moments. To, yeah. If you agree, disagree, post in comments. <laughs> yeah. Now for some questions from our community. You guys have to read – this is from Sniffum's Actual. You guys have to read so much. Do you ever get comic fatigue? Absolutely. So I was chat, actually just thinking about this. Especially on Wednesdays when, when you're trying to review. For me, when I get to like review number five or six, I'm just like, I want to review so many more. I just, I, but also it's like I, I want to take the time to enjoy it. Yeah, and sometimes, so especially like right before the podcast, we're like zip, zip, zip trying to get through this. And then, then you find out you missed something really cool because you, you skim through it. Like Wonder Woman, I, I read that like really fast. Mm-hmm. And I I've often wondered if it like colors our perceptions because like certain tropes emerge across many different comic books that you wouldn't notice unless you are reading like 30 titles a week. But yes, yeah, so I'm kind of wondering, yeah, if, it, if, it, if it's altering the way that we look at comics on the whole. <laughs> but you got to keep on reading. Of course. Otherwise, the stack just builds. Yeah. Okay, here's something I think we may all agree on. Do you think oversized characters such as Thing and Juggernaut should be CG in film or just played by large actors? This is from Daniel Carroll. I felt like in the Fantastic Four movies, putting as much as I was just going on the whole screen about how CG is practical is better than CG when appropriate, I think that a CG thing would have been more appropriate than the rubber suit they put him in. I don't think that yep. suit looked that impressive. But then what about Hellboy? Um, Hellboy I, think, I thought that looked great. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a question of what's appropriate for each character. The thing I always imagined, isn't the thing meant like nine feet tall? Be, well, not nine feet, but he, he should have to be tall. He should definitely be wider. Wider think, and also yeah. should be like rocks falling off of them as he's fighting. Yeah. He didn't yeah. look I think rocky. They, I think they could have put a guy in a suit, but then shift, shift, sized him up like they did with like they sized the hobbits down. Yeah. And you know, like you said, you know, some CG embellishments like rocks and dust coming off him when he's mm-hmm. beating people up. I like Michael Chiklis, but I didn't yeah. hear from him as a thing. Vic Mackey. <laughs> okay, next, Junkie Penguin. What second tier comic characters would you guys want to, more, to get more attention, like a one shot issue or miniseries? And Junkie Penguins is Havoc. Hmm. Well, you, you said you would say Moon Knight. He's got his own series. Yeah. But he should get more attention. Um, Nova. Yeah. Rich, Rich, on that, on that uh, topic, Darkhawk is always kind of my go-to answer for these. Oh, Sleepwalker. Oh. Yes. Now we're just getting into Robert Kirkman territory. No, Sleepwalker was was it? No, it wasn't Robert. Kirkman. He didn't create him, but he he was in that uh, Marvel team up where Kirkman basically just brought in all these like C and D oh. listers that he really really liked and made them into a team called the League of Losers. Yeah. Although yeah. X twenty three was actually on there before she hit big. Um, next is from Davio520. Um, what is the most valuable issue you own, or the issue are you are most happy owning? I don't know any comics that are worth anything. I've got a bunch of comics, but they're not. You know, I don't have super collectors' items or anything. I've got Civil War number seven with that Michael Turner cover, where uh, like the Resistance is kind of like coming out of the sky, and the sunlight mm. looks really amazingly good on it. Oh, I know what I've got. I don't know if it's worth anything, but it's it's the thing, the rarest thing that I'm most proud of. My girlfriend bought it for me. I've got the I've got the crossover of Archie and the Punisher. Nice. When the Punisher comes to Riverdale, mm-hmm. looking for a crime boss who looks exactly <laughs> like Archie, mm-hmm. it's fucking great. Mm-hmm. I have I have an original of that in the Mylar Mylar bag, and the whole thing. I'm very proud of that. That's and great. it's at 
<laughs> it's, it's not worth it's, anything. Not really. Oh, it's Probably not that not. rare. It's, it's sentimental. I, but I, but, it's, but it's actually really yeah, well yeah, done. No, no. There, it's there, like, how are, do you possibly bring those two characters there together? Are they some, actually did it. They they just recently um last month they had Kiss and Archie meet up. Oh really? Yeah. What? I think that's because yeah. Ki- I, th- I think that's because P- Kiss never never met a business proposal they didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> they but will it, put it, their name it, on it anything. Yeah. Uh, I'm astonished. X Men number one. Signed by Joss Whedon and John Cassidy. Nice. Oh, nice. I got X-Men number one signed by Jim Lee. Um, <laughs> Even better. Uh, I, I, I think maybe my I have um, Amazing Spider-Man 35, the volume two with the, the um, 9-11 issue, the mm, black, black uh, issue. Uh, I have a, a CGC 9.8 graded. So um, last I checked, it was like 300 bucks or something like that. What, wait, here's, here's a question for you. In the world of collecting comics... If it's signed, does that, that's obviously a plus. But it, does, but it, does it go against what would be considered the mint condition of it? I, I think that the main thing is um, proving that it's actually signed. Like you, you can right. you can buy signed comics that will come with like a certificate of right. authenticity. Right. Versus if you go to a convention get something signed, you know you have to prove that it, it's you know because some people they'll, they'll they'll you on eBay sometimes there's like Jim Lee original art and then he'll be like that's not mine. So you know, people will forge stuff because they're. I think technically, uh, if it is signed, you cannot get a perfect CDC score. Yeah, because like if I had an Action Comics number one that was like signed by Jerry Siegel or something, but it would be worth more. It would be worth more than mm-hmm. if it was the same comic just rated. So while technically the rating score like counts as like you know damage to the comic, it is worth more because of that value. Yeah, of the signature. Um, I have first appearance of Venom, um, first pen appearance of a symbiote suit. I think my my oldest comic is is maybe I don't know if it's my. Oldest. I have Amazing Spider Man fifty two, but it's like in really bad condition. Um, yeah, and then there's a lot of sentimental value. I think. No, oh, sure. I think there's too many I to go into. <laughs> Um, is this is from Gonzo T Great twenty three? Is there any creator owned content that you would like to see brought back with either the original creator or a new writer? Dark Hawk. <laughs> I was gonna say. Um, I can't think uh, of anything. Sleeper creator owned content. We're not creator owned, but yeah. Um, yeah, like what? What does that encompass? I don't know. Stuff that I mean, I I immediately like you think it's like, like image. Todd McFarlane writes Spawn again, or is that what they're saying, Maybe. or am I misreading the question? Maybe <laughs> creator on content you'd like to see brought back with either the original creator or a new writer. I mean, it, it could be what's well, this creator owned? So I don't know. So we're we're a little stumped on that one. Um, let's see. This is from it's knit. Are there any characters that you like for reasons that you just can't explain? Moon Knight. Weird question. <laughs> I don't know. Madman. I mean, people. I mean, I love Madman, and it's 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 always hard to explain. No, I, if I like someone, I, yeah, I, you, I usually have pretty good reasons yeah. for for enjoying the characters that I do. All right, it's knit. Bad question. According to these guys, I liked it. <laughs> um, Thanos rules. Asks a lot of comics have incorporated flashbacks or time travel. A lot of time it is distracting or hard to follow. What is an example of how flashbacks and or time travel was handled well in a comic? Best flashbacks ever done. And I'm sorry to have to go back here again. Is Doctor Manhattan talking about his life story in Watchmen? Yes. When he's when he's, yes. when he's literally <laughs> inhabiting all those different time periods. It's not technically it's, a flashback. It's all happening no. at the same time. It's so yeah. elegantly done. Uh, yeah. It's uh, but but you to- but you can totally follow it. It all makes sense. All we see of stars are the photographs. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I'll actually answer that as well as the one a couple ago that we got confused by. I would love to see Judd Winnick write The Exiles, and I think The Exiles oh, yeah. has some of the best flashbacks uh, in comics. Yeah. I think because like, these relationships get formed in the book, and they seem to get formed really quickly, but then he'll go back and like spend an entire issue showing you, like, here's how these relationships happened. Okay. I think um, a cold open is hard to do in comics sometimes. Uh, I think Damian Lindelof's uh, Wolverine vs. Ultimate Hulk was it was a really good yeah. uh, run using lots of cold opens. Wolverine's been torn in half. See how it happened. <laughs> yeah. Um next is from Walking Carpet. Um with the Leviathan Strikes issue out, how do you think Morrison's Batman going forward will fit into new continuity? We kind of did that already. Yeah. Yeah. It won't. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, he's got to do something. I mean, with, Leviathan with it, might show back. up because Professor Pig has shown up a couple of times, but yeah. Um, this is from Grimm. I felt for a long time that characters with multiple titles for no valid reason, prime examples being Superman and Spider-Man, could be better utilized as cameo characters. The idea would be that they would bounce around in different titles and stories every few months, boosting sales for other comics instead of just having four comics that all sell well and wrecked the sales curve for new or B and C list titles. Do you think this could work? I think uh, there's definitely idea. some comics. I wouldn't say cuts. You know, all the Superman comics have better writers or better storylines. Right. It'd be a good way to, to 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 give a boost to new characters. You know, like when so when they did Deep Space Nine, right? Picard does yep. a little experience, like kind of handing over. So it feels like an official extension of the continuity. So like you got a new character, you want to try and get him some, get people to read him. You stick, you know, Superman says hello in the first one yeah. or whatever. They did that with like Gravity as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, it, it just let people know that hey, this is still in the Marvel universe. It's sharing the same city as Spider Man and you know the Avengers. Yeah. Um, extra. Um, this wouldn't apply to characters like Batman, whose multiple titles have different supporting cast and focus. But I feel like we could have better quality stories from characters if they were only one solo title instead of four. So goes along with that. Um, and our last one from Foxfire Arts. A stance I've often heard on Comic Vine is that readers need to stop worrying about continuity, but the practice of consecutive numbering issues just creates that expectation. What would you think of comic publishers dropping the style of numbering and concentrate more on a name of a story arcs? For example, Spider-Man, Spider-Island, part one of however long the arc lasts. Then on to the next arc with part one. This also um, could also free publishers from the intimidation level of having comics numbering in hundreds and scaring off new readers. Yeah, the, the numbering is important. I think the, for the arc stuff, that's why they're trades. Well, yeah. they, they, they do that with uh, the Dark Tower. It's basically just miniseries after miniseries, um, like Lock and Key, the Joe Hill. Comic. It makes setting like while you, continuity is might not necessarily be like super important for every little detail. Like if you say Dark Tower and a certain subtitle for that, I don't know where in that exactly where to that, start that's reading. a problem. It's like, do I read this? Amazing Spider Man has the exact same problem because all mm-hmm. the trades even aren't numbered. It's yeah. just Amazing Spider Man, The Grim Hunt, Amazing Spider Man, and then you're you're you're, you're searching what issues does this fill up when in exactly because they still follow one contiguous story, especially Amazing Spider-Man, where it's mostly Dan Slott writing it. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of tough. Like, you don't want to jump in and be like, oh, well, that just ruined, like, three previous story arcs for me because I read a few pages of this. <laughs> yep. And that is it for the Comic Vine podcast. So Have festive. a happy holidays. 
<laughs> um, uh, uh, like I said, maybe we'll have one more this year. We'll, we'll have to see who's around next week if we are. And thank you for listening. Woo. Have a safe, happy holidays. Um, be of good cheer. Indeed. Yes. Be nice to your to yeah. everyone. Be see good. you guys in next in 